three, two, one. Hello and welcome, guys, to the Desync Podcast. This is episode, I don't even know at this point. Uh, the podcast has been going, I think, really good. And uh, I we're going to say for like 15 years or something, 15 years, 20 years. No, honestly, uh, thank you guys for all your support. Seriously, we have an amazing guest on today, Elliot. And uh, man, this podcast would not be what it is today. We probably would have given up after probably two or three episodes if it wasn't for the just massive amount of positive comments. I don't know if you've been reading them. I I can't reply to all of them, but man, I read them. And uh, thank you guys for the input. Thank you for the support we really appreciate you we are so close to a thousand subscribers so if you haven't subscribed yet please consider doing so um elliot we... are you subscribed are you subscribed elliot <laughs> he's clicking <laughs> the button now <laughs> everyone that was our guest in uh <laughs> elliot thanks for being on we appreciate you you will never be invited back uh so i'm just kidding i so, think i'm see I, the windows I, popping up I'm subscribed to both of you, and I, I make it a habit to try and dislike each video you put, no matter what it is. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's good. I appreciate it. I, may, I couldn't have given a better intro for Elliot. So if you guys don't know Elliot, he's essentially a lead designer, uh, missions designer at uh, Cloud Imperium Games. He's working on Star Citizen. Uh, just for y'all's information, this is not a Star Citizen podcast. That is not going to be the main topic today. You're not going to be getting any juicy nuggets on Squadron 42 or Star Citizen because guess what? Even if this was a, a Star Citizen podcast, we couldn't talk about that stuff anyways. Uh, so you couldn't talk about things that you don't already know. So right. what's the point? Right. right? So like it, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And so um, we are going to be diving into some of uh, the opinions of uh, Elliot and his perspective on game development in general. And honestly, he's a super cool guy. He annoys the hell out of me and Mike in our chats. He's a menace. Uh, but aside from that, we love him. So, uh, Elliot, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into game development, and uh, do you love it? Yeah, yeah. the reason I got into it it is because I love it. Um, Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, I used to play games with my brothers. Well, I say play games. My brothers used to hand me an unplugged controller, and I would be be sat there not doing anything, thinking I was doing something. How much Um, older are your brothers? uh, Ten years, both of them. Ah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so... um, like that started my whole like gaming thing off and then from there all i did was like play games they was a lot older than me so i couldn't hang around with them so they went out and i was left in with their like rooms unlocked and all their consoles so i used to like go in and play um but like i didn't start off doing game design i i have a uh, like a, a, d- a degree in construction i like math it's called mathematical science architecture not morphs level of architecture but like a, a, a shittier version bricklaying <laughs> plumbing carpentry uh and then i saw a course like pop up for like a games course at my college so i was like oh shit i'll i'll, I'll do that so I did that and it was pretty fun, um, but I wasn't sure. And it was always like, like my mum is very much like, um, make sure you have a fallback, you know, G- games like the, they can be quite risky, quite volatile, and it's quite a difficult like job to get. Um, but there was this one, one thing I, I did. It was this, there's this like convention kind of in the games industry called um, Global Game Jam. And it's where a load of developers get together and across the globe are given a singular theme and you have to make a game around that theme um so i believe it's some our theme was something like um your eyes are not what you perceive or something 
um oh. and then from that you, you got to make something mm. um and you have 42 hours to make it and then you're judged you submit your game online and that gets judged like across every game globally that's made but then in the sort of little area where you build it you have a little panel that also judges your game uh, so we went to Hull, and we did a game called Entity Squared. It was on the Oculus DK1 when it was still in development. Um, and the bit where I knew this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life was um, we had people come around and play it when you'd finished it. And this was, we're talking 42 hours of uh, just sweating, making a game, a bunch of, like, teenagers, energy drinks, kebabs, uh, like our computers everywhere all we're doing is building this game and it was hell i think we had four hours sleep two hours each night and all we did was build this game and at the end of it people came around and played it and everyone who played the game had a smile on their face and that was i was just like yep this is this feels ace i want to do this now so i'm fully committed to this course and this career path and that's where it all started and now i'm here we actually got a, a cease and assist from Oculus for bit making that game because we didn't buy or inform them that we was going to develop a game on it. So they sent wow. us a cease and assist on it. So That's insane. Just a couple so of teenagers. So nobody can ever play it again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got taken into our room by our, our like, tutor and there was like, that game, like, you're not still doing anything. We was like, no, no, I'm pretty sure we deleted the files. And he's like, good he's like don't because we got this like letter and he showed us it and it was like oh shit okay Jeez. Yeah. that's so crazy uh i don't know yeah, if you, but... you knew this uh elliot i i worked in film and i had a, a pretty similar start in content creation i i just reminded me of a, a time i was like 16 and i entered a film contest and we had same thing 24 hours and i got 16 hours into editing and I, the program crashed and I didn't save. I had to like restart the whole thing. It sucks so bad. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's so cool. What do your, what do your brothers think about you? Like, or I guess your family in general about you becoming a, a game developer. Obviously the, like at the start, it was like, this is a risk. Um, cause like, it's very difficult to get in the industry. Like when I was in uni, it was, we had a course of 700 people. Uh, and eight of us have jobs. Um, wow. Yeah, well, in the, in the last year, it whittled down to 300, and now there's, like, eight, eight, eight of us have jobs, and I believe, like, four of us are actual, like, it, it, making and development and aren't, like, a part of the, the testing realm. Um, wow. So it's a very difficult thing to get a job in. Um, what do you mean by but, the testing realm? Like, just as in, like, I mean, do you consider a job being in QA or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, um, okay, just making sure. I would admit, like, it's because like QA are as much developers as us, but there's there's yeah. no like I don't know the word for the separation between like a tester and a like we'd normally say tester and developer. Like internally, we say tester and developer, but I consider us all developers because they're an incredibly part of uh, important part of the process. Of course, um, of course. But yeah, my family love it. Like, I have, uh, and I have, uh, oh my god two three nephews and a niece and they all play video games because all my uh, family are all gamers uh so they all love it and they all want to get into games design because of it um so they all like message me a bit and i like want to show me their designs and things like that uh my brothers are just like well, it's not cod is it um which <laughs> you know the ac update i'll be like here you go here's cod yeah. <laughs> um 
so they are all like it's not it's not cod but they also then like they've t tried it and they enjoy it like when it works i think the first time they tried it was when we dropped three eight uh, three nineteen and then they ran xeno threat and we couldn't get out of the fucking hangar um so Classic. yeah definitely um but yeah they all love it and then like i have my 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 parents it's they talk to someone and like oh yeah my son's like a, a game designer and then they get like everyone's asking them questions and stuff and they're oh can can, can my child meet him and talk to him because they really like oh games my god bro so, yeah it's uh it can be like that dude yeah, that's I mean, so funny that's something that's something that's changed a lot more recently where like and especially with the company you work at, the, the the idea of the developers being kind of like rock stars. And and it's it's been more recent that yeah. games have blown up and become mega mainstream. I don't know if it was like Ninja and Twitch or Fortnite or what, but like in the last like five years, games are just COVID was a big part of it too. Normal. COVID's yeah, a big yeah. part. Yeah, games just became super normal. So game development and being a developer doesn't seem as uh like of a niche thing or or whatever anymore like tons of people are making games and maybe yeah. not working at a studio like yourself you know they might be doing it for fun on the side or whatever but um yeah the thing i was gonna ask is, is like what is it what does it feel like now versus when you started as far as like it being accepted by your family or by um just in general the people around you yeah i mean it's it was kind of like it was <clears throat> it was a worrying thing uh i started and they was always worried like uh thinking about backup plans needing to come get me from like i worked down down south in england uh and like making sure that i was supported in case it it fell through um but the the, the great thing is like when you've once you've put like your foot in the door that door unless you like do something crazy like the stuff that happened at blizzard you know that door won't ever close yeah. uh it will stay it open might open many other doors too right? exactly yeah yeah like yeah. so when i was when i was first trying to get in the industry i was doing like so many applications and just trying to get an interview and i barely got any and then i like luckily enough got one i managed to get the job and then when i left that one i was like ah, shit, it's going to be the exact same experience but as soon as I emailed out and was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a games designer, interviews left, right, and center. And it got to the point where it was like, oh, cool. I, I can just pick what I want now. And like, it's a lot of people will go for the money. I like the project I work on. So like, you know, I, you've got offers from Ubisoft who pay really well and places like that. And then there's like, I've played Ubisoft games. I know that I'd be so frustrated because of the amount of polish that isn't there. Not to say that the game I work on is crazy polished, but I know I can make it polished at some point. Um, so I kind of just like, I shopped around and I, I saw Star Citizen. I remembered when I was first learning how to make games in college, it being announced uh, and was like, hey, this, this, I love sci-fi. This could be a really interesting thing. And that's when I met Luke. Um, and it's it's funny you mentioned like game designers being rock stars because uh, Luke is one to me. Like when I when I started working yeah, he, with him, he made games that I played a lot. Yeah, that's what I mean. I it was like, oh yeah, he's like, I was like, yeah, a childhood game like Fable Two. He's like, oh, I worked yep. on that. I'm like, what? 
and he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like, I built like the uh, the all the mini systems. games, and yeah. I was like, I I've spent years of my childhood at that blacksmith thing, just hitting it in a rhythm, <laughs> while I've got the like blind woman going, come on, let's go, and I'm like just tra- churning money out. Um, you've got like Todd Pappy so cool, who's worked that. on God of War. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's insane. Um, Todd Pappy oh, worked, on, worked God on God of War. He was the creative director for um, S- I want to say Ascension. It was like the third one. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So it, it's crazy that... even working in it because you meet a lot of people that are like, I played your game and I loved it. Like you've you've given me hours of happiness based on this little thing that you've you know th- this thing that you're like yeah it was only three years of my life yeah man yeah. that's so cool do you do you feel like it's a little bit daunting working like because you're you're do you mind saying how old you are <laughs> how old do you think i am should we play that game first i, yeah, I know he, i think he looks younger than he is i think i actually don't know how old he is but you i know? think he looks guess. younger than he is give, it, guess, give a guess uh, mike Twenty. Six. Six. I'm pretty sure you're 27, right? Yeah, you both. I I'm 27. But he uh, looks 22. I'm 27 in three days. <laughs> I'm 26 right now. So I was right. Yeah, let's go. You were right. Okay, congrats. I actually didn't so, know. 26. But I, he, I think he looks like 18, but he. <laughs> but I just chose 26 because he he went to college, worked a few jobs. Like you yeah. have to be older. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's just it's very interesting being in the position you're in at 26, right? And you've had this position for a while now. So uh, probably when you were 25 as well, right? So is it a little bit like daunting being your age and like working with these people who like worked on God of War and Fable 2? Or do you feel yeah. like you kind of blend right in? I, I, it's, it's, a, it's like a mixture of both. Like, in in like in our company, I have been told that my career progression is unique and it's not happened before. Like I am the youngest uh, lead uh, in the co- in the company so far. Um, but I, I like Sig is good because they reward if if they see you doing good, they'll reward you for it. Um, but it, it can be really daunting because I I am next to these people who have done some crazy big things, even like stuff that I've experienced. Like I've said, but it's. I use it as an opportunity to learn. Most of the times I'm sat there listening rather than talking to have them cuz they like there's 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 like loads of different kind of designers but the two sort of main ones are the people who uh the people who like can listen and adapt or there's the people who will just like no I'm right. And I've worked at companies where there's the people who is like I'm the lead designer, I know what's right for the game and you see the game come out and you see how it reacts and you're like, right, well, that's because you're that kind of designer. Whereas a lot of the designers that I work with at SIG are people who will listen. So even though I'm only 26, if I come up with a design idea in the meeting with like Todd Pappy and Luke, they can listen to it and go, actually, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, or they'll, they'll be able to really riff cool. off of it. So it's it's kind of like I get a lot of I get a lot of teaching by being around them because I get to like when they'd say you're designing, I'm like, right, well, I, if it was me, I'd have done it this way. Why did you choose that way? And then they'll explain the design reason behind why they chose that pathway. 
And then all I need to do is like in my head rationalize why that's the better decision or the decision they're going with over mine. Or maybe I'll take it and I'll sort of manipulate it and mesh it with mine to make something that I would be happy with. Because at the end of the day, the thing is like I design for things that I'd really enjoy. Like when I'm doing like the the hauling stuff, I get to design something that I'd love to play. Yeah, go Whereas... deeper into that because I know uh not specifically on star citizen obviously yeah. but go into your history of of games because it, it's out there now that like your team uh and probably heavily yourself are working on like cargo hauling missions and and in star citizen they're they've been kind of not the best for for a while and uh people are you know still unsure if they will be good but you know if you give your history on like the type of games that you love and the type of games that you play like i know a little bit of of your background there but but a lot of people may not so you know what we talked about like hey the games you played you know with you know with the controller not plugged in like what what are some of your games that define you that's that's like a a huge question to answer i yeah there are there are tons of games i was i like when you reflect a little bit on your childhood, there's things you change, and like I'd, I'd always think about the one of the things I change is I wish my like parents had give me access to the internet so I could have put my PS2 online and played online games, but yeah. I didn't have that. So instead, all I had was a huge library of my brother's games that were completely different to go through. So I never got to just sit there and only play COD. I had to, if I was bored of like this one game, I had to just go right. Okay, I'm gonna try this one. I've never played it before, but I'll have to try it because I've got nothing else to play. So because of that, I've played every single genre you can think about. And I, 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 I love, apart from maybe interactive story, but I, I worked on one of them and that like killed the love of it for me. But I've, I've, I love all types of what, games. What, like Telltale games game or? I worked on the Dark Pictures anthology uh, okay. by Supermassive Games. I worked on Man of Medan. Okay. Uh, and that's why there's so many spelling errors in it is because I had to do uh, the <laughs> clue pop-ups for them. Um, but uh, God, so, like, so I play funny. games. <laughs> do you know what a Mount? Do you know what a Mount Rushmore is? It's an American thing. I know what Mount Rushmore is, but I don't know what you mean. So, uh, if you if you had to make a Mount Rushmore of your oh of right games, okay okay that's what I mean. That's such it. a hard question. Uh, <clears throat> Bioshock would be up there. Dude, um, I was talking about that today. I love. I don't know Bioshock. if you were in chat. My, that was one of my brother's favorite games. But I, if if there's a game in that 1950s like old timey genre style, I'm immediately out. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> there's you know? something about it that I'm out. No, I, I love Bioshock. It's, it's like Fallout the, the story doesn't work for me you either. Don't like yeah, I, a, something about it. I don't know. Yeah. I watched, my, um, I watched like my brother play it before Twitch was the thing. I'd sit behind him and watch him play it, but and you I didn't never... enjoy it at all. No. Oh my god, I love it. That's wild um, to me. That's yeah. crazy. I can't. That's the only genre style that, for whatever reason, I don't know why. I it's just like a brain blocker. I just think it's stupid. That's I crazy. just remember thinking it was magical yeah. going in that bathosphere and seeing Rapture for the first time. I was that that like as a kid knocked me socks off. So, no. Yep. Yeah, right, dude, so I, Bioshock. I loved yeah, Bioshock. Yeah, and what was it? I I forget the name. Bioshock Infinite was that what it was called? 
yeah i think i i yeah i thought the whole franchise was really good and man that's crazy to me like um people who are like not sci-fi fans they're like yeah i just can't i can't play it if it's sci-fi and like okay they're not holding lightsabers anymore they're wheeling wands same thing and they're like oh yeah, yeah i'm in 100 percent, i'm in yeah. but like if it's lightsabers they're out you know like okay cool like what's the difference i don't know I don't know what yeah. it was like steampunky the little girl like the big you know fact I don't know what it was but I was just like I just couldn't get into it and then same with Fallout like the radio and the I, don't I know, love the radio yeah. what you do know? you mean like, I, I love the radio it's the best yeah. part I know I know what I just for some reason I got this brain rot when it comes to that era of time that's crazy so, uh, yeah, yeah if star weird. if if starfield doesn't have a radio i'll be sad honestly i mean it'll keep I... you in company like like the, the i love fallout 3's radio because i was scared playing that alone before i got a companion so the True. radio used to be the thing that helped me through the scary times oh God, i'd be listening bro. to three dog talking to me three dog three dog dude do you remember i, I wish i knew Elliot, when you'd be exploring like the wilderness inside of Fallout and like for the very first time, the radio clicks off and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like you're scared for no reason. It's like yeah. this friendly, familiar thing that's been there the whole game is just gone now. And you're like, why did it turn off? Like and then you like take a couple of steps back and it's back on like, dude, I mean, it was so it was so brilliant the way that they did that, too. Like, Mike, it sounds like you'll never play it um but like we'll see you have oh well then i won't spoil anything for you but um i, I don't care i don't care because i have such a bad memory that i won't remember oh, anyway by well, the time i go and play it yeah so it's just like the stuff with the radio is so brilliant because they in you and you think it's kind of maybe a recording you think like maybe it's a, a robot you don't really know because it's like this wasteland thing and then you actually get to meet the character behind the radio eventually and he becomes ah, part of the cool. story it's really cool um, nice. I, I thought that was a really iconic, like gaming moment for me personally. That's why I love that game. Um, yeah. but yeah, anyways, Elliot continue. I didn't mean to. Yeah. So Mount Rushmore is what? Four. Four. I think. Yeah. Four, four heads, games. Yeah. So that's yeah. one. Um, oh my God. It's difficult. There's like, I've got so I could list games that I love that have inspired me for ages. Uh, so it's really difficult to just pick some. Um, because I'm trying to jump between the different genres that are games that I love because I don't want to stick to FPS and then like go all oh, Half-Life after this. Um, Darkest Dungeon. I like Darkest Dungeon. Um, that kind of ties for me with Final Fantasy VII uh, or X. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I love those. Uh, I, uh, I, really, I really, really enjoyed Death Stranding. Uh, really, I really, I really love that game, dude. Such a controversial take. I feel like some people really loved it, and some people really hated it. I have got every single achievement on that uh, game. I grinded that out just for it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I, but I, I feel like if if I was to go into the design of it, I feel like they ruined some part of it because, like Kojima wanted this whole connection thing where you your world is influenced by other people. So, like, you start the game off and you're having to... Just going from your home base to, like, the first outpost was 
was such like it seemed like such a daunting task and then every time they just expand the distance and you're like right i've got to go further and it's there's more terrain i have to map and overcome and this bit's a bt area so i've got to plan my route like and make sure i can get through safe mm. and then you start getting roads uh like and it just ruins it because now my transport is just get my car get on a road and drive past every single bit of danger because i don't need to engage with it anymore because they've given me this way to disengage and a lot of mm. players if you give them the chance you will take the fun out of everything we do because you're like I see a number and it gets bigger every time I do something. So I'm going to keep doing that to get the bigger number. You will manage to find a way to design the fun out of something. So like when I was playing Death Stranding, I, uh, I, dis I disconnected from everybody. So I had no roads and I played it solo to get that experience of having a difficult, uh, a difficult like game for me. I like there's this there's these missions later on in the game where you have to take a pizza, but you have to be quick because the pizza can't cool down. But if you put it in the car, it will slosh about and the toppings will get ruined. If you stack it uh, like vertically, again, toppings get ruined. You have to have it horizontally. So you've got this pizza on your back and you're trying to get from A to B over this difficult terrain, avoid BTs, and it's really, really, really difficult and it's really fun. And the mm. last in that mission chain, they give you a champagne bottle, which you could only hold in your right hand. And you can't run because it shakes the bottle up and it will fizz the champagne. <laughs> and that one sends you the furthest distance and you have to manually walk it. And it oh was my God, that's so, so fun. But it was so fun because I was just like, I've got this oh. almost seemingly impossible task and I'm going to do it because this, this is what I enjoy. I could get a car and I could get a bike and I could cheat, but I don't want to because hmm. I feel like I'm robbing myself of the experience. So yeah, Death, Death Stranding is up there. And it, if, e if, if your truck simulator had a bit more difficulty in it, you know, maybe that one would have taken that spot. But Death Stranding for me is, yeah, love that one. I like that take, Euro the way that you explained fun. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, it's funny because I think all three of us kind of feel that way about the games we play. We all have attempted, at least, to make the game that we play harder, right? Like, me and Mike did the... Uh, you know, hardcore run runs. I don't know if you well, saw you those. Did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did well, you've done the them idea. in the past. Yeah. You've done them in the past. Mike, ma Mike had some major uncontrollable issues this yeah, time around. Still, still. Yeah. Excuse my module that I built that you all saw in SCM. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, I listen, yeah, but Elliot just didn't want to see you succeed. I'm sorry, Mike. I don't, I don't know what to no, tell you. No, no. You know, he he said that he put something like weird into the game that affects me, and now I, I, it's in the back of my mind that every time I play, I think like maybe he put something weird on, like some juju on me. I don't know, <laughs> but the uh, I don't know. Like for me, that's why I I wanted to ask you that question. Is I think a lot of people are are like oh the certain missions in Star Citizen or whatever, but then I think if they hear your background, you're a gamer. You're just like them. You're a normal person, right? Like, I think one of the bigger things that of developers becoming these like rock stars, and I think uh, you know CIG does that more than than a lot of companies, is they start. You guys start to become less people and more like these things, and uh, 
it's not really like that at all, right? Like you guys come home, you play games and and enjoy things just like the rest of us, right? And uh, yeah, so just putting out there what you enjoy should maybe calm some people down a little bit. Hopefully, I don't know. Do you think that uh, those games like heavily influence the way that you develop? Yeah, that was like this is like uh, and it's it's something I discussed with like some of my other friends who are developers. But it's once you start making games, playing games changes forever because you, especially if you're a designer, even if you're an artist or any of it, you're not just playing it for fun. You you are just analyzing it in some way always. Like. I'm playing Baldur's Gate and I'm thinking and I'm designing and I'm thinking like, why did they choose that? Why did they do that? Oh, they did that because it allows this. How did they do that? That's crazy. Like how, how did they figure that part out? So it kind of ruins it as well, because like I have this, I have, I have days where I come home and look at steam and I browse through the games and I'm just like, ah, no, I can't play. And it's, it's, it's not just because I'm bored of games. It's because Sometimes it's like I look at the games and I'm like, I know how much hard work's gone into this. And I just like, it's weird. I feel like undeserving of playing them because I know exactly how much has gone into it. Like we have this, I have this thing where um, I can be an incredibly emotional person. So I watched, um, there's a, a clip on YouTube of the guy who made Fez accept uh, his award for Fez after all the shit he went through. And he's a big like... Like, when, when, when I do, like, talking to the community, I have to talk in a certain way. I can't just be me. Because the way that I talk could piss people off. Like, it already has. I, I use the word babying and handholding, and people didn't like that. That's just my vocabulary. That's how I talk. Yeah. So you have to teach yourself to, to talk differently. Mm. But the guy who made Fez didn't. Like, he would be on his forums going, shut the fuck up to, like, <laughs> the people who were, like, backing their game. And they have this whole consumer psychology of like hold on i'm paying you you have to listen to me sort of thing and like to know all the shit that he went through while he was building that game see him get the award and the recognition for for what he's done brings a tear to my eye the satoru awata uh tribute uh video that i said yeah Yeah. that that every time i watch it i bawl my eyes out because i'm just like do you know that this guy, guy changed was? so many lives? No. So he made the the DS and the Game Boy. Oh wow! He made he made uh, he was the he he started running Nintendo as the like CEO uh, through its golden era. So he was there for uh, the conception and came up with the idea of the DS, Nintendogs, uh, brain training on the DS. Wow! Um, the Nintendo Wii. Um, there's all sorts, like, there's this breakdown video Digune Gaming did where they talk about, like, how Smash, the first ever Smash Bros wasn't going to come out and they was going to cancel it. Uh, but Awata went on it for, like, two weeks and fixed everything because he was, like, an insane coder. Like, before he was a CEO, he was a programmer. So, like, there's a lot of my childhood and playing of Nintendo games is because of that man and to see him be recognized and tributed in that way it's just like it yeah. it, it feels nice because like, like games games change people's lives and it's it's just really nice that that it something like that that i work on can have that effect on someone yeah absolutely yeah, sure that's really cool i i think i see a lot of parallels with content creation like what we do and what you guys do and obviously, I think y'all's job is way harder 
Um, definitely. Well, I mean, it depends, right? Like you, you give different energy than we give, right? Like yours takes a lot of, you know, systematic like logistics and like figuring stuff out and working with other teams. Ours takes like a lot of, you know, mental energy and like emotional energy and, um, you know, working to, uh, be competitive and always be on top and coming up with ideas for the next video. But either way, we're both trying to make content that we would want to watch or we would want to play. Right. Yeah. And so it's really cool. Like, even when you said earlier, you know, that people will like bring their kids up to you and, and like, Oh, can you talk to your kid? Like he wants to do what you do. Like that happens to me too. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I don't know what I'm going to say to this kid. Like, Hey, don't play Fortnite. You're probably going to get zero views, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like, I think it's cool because you're in a position, I feel like, well, I mean, man, I don't even know if I would say that. I was going to say you could actually give people advice, but like you said, it's such a competitive field. Three people, you said, are working yeah. out of testing from your 700 you went to school with. That's wild. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's crazy. I don't think that people realize, like, and if you guys don't know Elliot, like we do, Elliot does great work. Um, if you guys don't play Star Citizen, uh, we are extreme. He's, you know, making faces, but man he we're lucky to have him on the on the cig team really and um the biggest thing is man he cares about the game deeply and i think as you know a content creator it's like when we see devs who care about the game as much as we do like it really it resonates with us um and so i guess what i want to ask you man is how how do developers feel about content creators do are we like a pain to you guys do you guys you think that we are part of the process uh do you what what's what's a content creator look like to a developer you're all shits we hate <laughs> <laughs> no. um no you I like this is the, it depends on the developer and it depends on sure. your video um because it's it's kind of like if someone makes a video about you guys and it can be really positive or really negative sure. it affects us in the same way um like, so when I watch um, a week in review and, you know, you mention MFT and then you mention you, you're like, oh, you know, I'm not like I'm disappointed in this. I'm disappointed in that. Oh, you're really hyped about this. That that hits all of us on our team and hits us like emotionally. Like I, I'm like, I'll be yeah. at the I'll be at the gym watching it. And then you'll say, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm disappointed with what this is. I th thought this mm. could be more. And I'm like, fuck. And it's it's because I know it could. And I wanted yeah. it to, mm. but things got in the way. Uh, but yeah. it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's still, it's always like it's valid feedback. And it's, it's like, I know. And it's frustrating because I, like, I want to like jump through the stream and go, oh, by the way, Mike, I know we had a There's whole plan. Things. There's yeah. this, I've got all this planned. It's going to be great. Just like, wait, let me, let me do this. So it, it, it hits us like that, but your videos also inspire us. Like, the reason when I go on SELs and ISEs, I try to make reference to you to you guys and the content creators is because your videos help help us like design. They help us be inspired and they help sort of sort of in a way shape the future of the game. Because I see how Voidy interacts with Jump Town and then we make notes on that and figure out if we can make something that you guys have made up an official thing. Like when I played hide and seek mm. with Burks and Anna. I am sat there playing it thinking this would be a really cool mission. However, 
are they gonna let me do this? Because this a hide and seek gamer goes hell away from realism and what is <laughs> well it's wanted. So it's like, what can I do? A, let me throw an idea at you, maybe. Maybe if uh there was a, a wave-based, you know, bunker mission or ghost hollow mission where you had to instead of you know doing something, you had to hide and they came out in shifts or something. You know? Okay, right, and like, you had to get away. Yeah, 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 like you had to get away or you had to get an item and they like went into the elevator, they went out of the, I don't know. Like, and Whoa, it's... whoa, whoa. Don't make them go in and out of the elevators. <laughs> they haven't figured out how to come oh, out. Oh, I yet. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying like, it's like, uh, I, I mean, dude, that sounds cool is all. Not it's, meaning it's, to... it's something that we try, like you, your videos can hurt us and they can also inspire us. But that's mo mostly just on a personal level and it depends on the developer. Some developers choose not to watch them uh, or engage with the community at all because it can be quite polarizing. Like yeah. ages ago, we was I was at the Wormslow studio and uh, like a mass email comes around saying, if you're leaving today, leave in, tool, t leave in pairs because we had a knife threat someone's gonna be outside the office with a knife trying to like get us yeah. or something and it's like fuck so a lot of people don't engage with the community because it can be quite yeah. polarizing but when you do it can be super rewarding you just need to know how to how to take it and you need to know what kind of person you are because some some people will get heavily demoralized and they'll shut down and they'll you know it can even cause people to like leave the job because yeah. of it but it's it's a blessing and a curse because like i say it motivates me that I can see your videos, but also that we can talk to you and we can get your feedback and I can, I can have a discussion on why we chose to do something. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, times. and th this is like, uh, you know, a, a piece of advice for anyone who engages online is like something that I always say, like uh, griefing is a big topic in Star Citizen and like, you know, harassment and stuff. And what I always tell people is like, just leave it in the game. You know, and this is like good advice for everyone is like at the end of the day, developers are just people, you know, they just want to be proud of the work they work on. Um, I think that it's like whenever I'm mad at like CIG for a decision, even like I'm mad at the company. I'm never mad at like a certain dev. I'm never pointing fingers because like at the end of the day, it's like I know they care, too. And I think that, you know, if, if people take a step outside themselves and they, you know, look at developers as like actual human beings. Like, you know, people forget to look at content creators like actual human beings sometimes. It's like, man, these guys, they just want to make good content for you. So it's like, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't be crazy. You know, <laughs> keep it in the game. Keep it in the game, you know? And it's like, yes, like shit talk and say you don't like an idea. And uh, that's totally fine. Like call an idea shit or say an idea that you know someone had or whatever that's fine i i think that developers even like getting feedback like that maybe they it doesn't make them feel good but they like knowing that the community does or doesn't like stuff w yeah. would you agree 100 we we yeah. there are like threads on the spectrum that we can have where someone is hurling like some absolute abuse at us for a way we've built something or why we've not done this and most of the time it's like you need to figure ignore the parts where they're like calling you like mm. whatever because there's somewhere in there there's an actual valid concern or a valid bug you have to dig through the ship to find sure. the gold uh, and sometimes like that's how we find our biggest bugs is that someone is so frustrated they've come to spectrum and they've started ranting but they actually have a crazy bit of valid important info that helps us to locate and fix the issue yeah. and we've had that multiple times um 
but it, it, again, it depends on the person. Like, for example, I will dig through the shit and then give the good news to my guys. Lou could dig through the shit and give his news. I wouldn't let my guys dig through the shit because I'm there to protect them from this sort of stuff. It's tough, um, man. Like, yeah. it, it's crazy to think that to become a developer these days, especially such a front-facing one like CIG, you, you've got to, like, be dual-faced, you know? You've got to have tough skin like that's a crazy reality for uh, a lot of people but i guess same with content creators right mike you know you oh i mean yeah. if you don't you won't I, survive I think my my time in in the casino prepared me for the fair youtube enough. comments fair enough because i mean people have no shame in saying what they think about you in the moment when they're being when they're irrationally angry about something right is in that moment they lost a bunch of money a hand or whatever they're irrationally angry and you are the first person they go for to to release that anger right and you know if they're they're not happy about a game or a bug or whatever you know they'll they'll do the same to a dev or the person making the positive video about the game or whatever you know yeah so i mean Man, every video I put out, it's perfect like the way Elliot said it is. I think when I first started putting YouTube videos out, there was a lot of negative feedback. And I kept reading, and I would read it and read it and read it. And sure, sometimes it would get to me. But like you said, there was always something of value there that was worth reading outside of just the general like douchebaggery of the comment, you know? So, I mean, one of the YouTube comments. Go ahead. <laughs> One of the YouTube comments that I got when I first started working here is the reason that I signed up to the gym. Um, yeah. Because I, I like it was my first time ever doing the live video, and the third comment was something about me personally. And it's it, at that time I hadn't like figured out how to handle that sort of stuff, so I hit it, and I'm just like I'm falling asleep, and I can see that comment, and it's haunting me to the point where I was like, I've got to go to the gym because. Not they're being nasty. I'm not going to ignore them. It was they're right. I've got to. I've got to change this. Um, yeah. So you know, even though the comment was uh, probably like a bit like, oh, um, it was also a nice kick up the ass to get myself signed. <laughs> Did this guy? Fair enough. I uh, I reacted to his video a long time ago. He didn't like it, so he DMCA'd me, and <laughs> I I like you know what went the next step with him. Uh, so it was either going to go to court or he was going to drop it. Right. And this dude made a video about me and everything. And in the video, he said that like he was making fun of my shirts, calling them like thrift thrift store shirts, something like that. Uh, Cause I, I was still wearing like all my clothes from college and I'm like 30 something years old. Right. So I still have like super old t-shirts cause I would roll out of bed and start stream. So I was in my like house clothes. So it was all, yeah, all crappy clothes. So I immediately was like, Okay, this guy's a douchebag, but and I went to the store and bought some clothes. You know, like I, <laughs> I hadn't purchased, I had not purchased clothes in I don't know how long, but I absolutely went to the store after that and bought some shirts and some shorts and 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 okay. everything. I can yep. see that happening the same because like I'm I'm yet again in the cloud shirt that I always wear on all the videos. It's because my <laughs> wardrobe is full of like cloud t-shirts. Or it's something without a logo on. And this is like the only clean one I've got. Yep. I just bought a bunch of stuff without a logo. And I'm just plain old. Simple. There you go. Yep. Easy peasy, but, boys. 
but he absolutely he got me there. He was right about at least one thing. Man, I don't know about all the other I, stuff. I I don't know. Like I I really it's a tough one for me. Um, you're like a golden boy well in a lot of ways like you you sure, got the good you, image you can say you that. got the nice hair you can keeps say it that all clean but know? dude i get the negative comments all the same you know and a, you a lot of times talks about jay they might be they might if you guys don't know i have a, i have an, a twin brother named jay um but no and those comments don't bother me when they're like jay has better hair than you i'm like okay cool but it's like sometimes too, people do make nasty comments about me and um oh dude he, like funny ones that I, i'll get is when i'll post videos and people who don't watch star citizen will comment on them like um uh i posted a tiktok not a tiktok i'm sorry a youtube short where i was chasing a guy at ghost hollow who's in a corsair and i like tried to voip him and you know he gets in his pilot seat and i'm like don't get in your pilot seat and I end up like taking him down. He's soft deaths. He rolls, survives the soft death, Elliot, which is, you know, crazy in micro atmosphere and then rolls out of the back with a, a cyclone. And he's like, it's like a, a chase, you know? So I'm like chasing. <laughs> it was crazy. But people who don't know are, you know, calling me, you know, a griefer because I just attacked this guy for no reason. And then some people are like, wow, this is so scripted because um, a Corsair would never lose to a Cutlass you know, like, this is ridiculous to think that I could win that fight. And I'm like, you guys clearly don't really play the game because that's the farthest thing from the truth. Um, but then people were, you know, making fun of my voice in the comments and stuff, which really? is like, so, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I will say that, you know, that rubs me wrong. It, I, I think that probably the most negative comment I get um, is, or one of the most negative is people say I have a really nasally voice, which I kind of do. Um, but I can't control that, you know? Yeah. It's a bit nasally, like, but I can't control that. And so it's just like, okay, cool, dude. You know, I'm sure your voice sounds so much better than mine, which is yeah. why you're a professional VO artist, uh, with <laughs> zero subscribers. Uh, yeah. but it's, it does take, like, I have gotten better at it, taking negative comments. Um, but it's been a process for me. And, uh, you know, you had the, the poker thing and, uh, I don't know, Elliot, how you kind of got to the point where you can kind of let that roll off your back. But man, some some days I'm really good and nothing affects me. And some days someone says something that's like a normal joke that I would usually laugh at. And I'm like, you dirty motherfucker. You know, you're getting the time out. And sometimes I'll time people out and I'll be like, okay, they didn't deserve that. But um, it just depends, man. It depends. I, I really try not to. But to be uh, someone on the internet like any one of us you've really you really gotta flex that muscle you know dude i i still am not like just like you said it's like some days are good and some days are bad right like i can't imagine when like for you elliot when you put something out it's not quite there yet and you're just like oh, here we go you know uh, I tend and, to stay off the internet for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I mean, that's that's basically where I was going to go is if is sometimes I just got to go. Yeah. Sometimes I just got to I can't I'll post a video and not look at a thing. Not look the, at the, the view count, not look at the comments and just let it live. Yeah. There are times even when I've like 
it's been a bad day. It's, it's, it's being a bad day for me. And I tune into your stream and you're giving some feedback on Star Citizen. I'm like, I can't hear this today. Not today. Yeah. Or else oh, I'll, I'll, I'll mean, just dude, like... It's the same shit every day now, too. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. I can't hear myself anymore it's, at this point. It's tough. Yeah. I, I mean, just so you know, man, is like... Sometimes it's like we don't even like talking about the feedback that we're giving over and over again, but new people will ask. And so it's yep. like, you know, it's good content creators typically won't just tell people to buzz off. They'll they'll actually, you know, give their opinion. And so, you know, people in my chat will be like, oh, this conversation again. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't want to complain about EM missiles for the hundredth time, you know, but it's um, there's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly it's a feature there's nothing wrong with them uh the, the hornet is perfectly fine and uh the flashbang green from the blade that's that's just a new vandal tech that they're experimenting with so no, i was just kidding but yeah absolutely it's just um it, we don't like shitting on the devs uh, i mean i don't personally um <laughs> <laughs> but so, sometimes it's like it's better for me i feel like to um have a negative opinion than have no opinion at all right and some people i yeah. feel like um don't do that right like some people will just they refuse to give their opinion because it's negative um and i'm just like i'm like i'd rather be me than you know be dishonest so um yeah i i, I like to keep it straight and i i know that um you're probably the same way, Elliot. I see a lot of like questions about like, like especially Mike's chat. Like, why the fuck are there so many devs here? Like, Mike's Mike's constantly negative toward the project, and it's like <laughs> he gives real good feedback. That's why we're here. It's because not only not only is he very unlucky and all the bugs seem to happen to him, <laughs> but he also like gives some really really va valid feedback. So. You know, when 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 Luke like I never watched Twitch until Luke introduced me to to Mike, and that's when and, I started. And just so people know Luke is is who I guess you, oh, I'll let you introduce him. Luke is uh, my boss. He is the senior lead uh, on Star Citizen. Um, uh, he's been working there for like eight years. Yeah. Um, so it's an insane long time, probably longer than eight to be fair. Yeah, um, and, and I think took takes a very similar approach to to you, as in like we'll watch, uh, we'll watch a lot of stuff and 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 still watches a lot of players. Like you, I Elliot is in a lot of Twitch chats, not just mine or Burke's, right? Like Elliot pops around and gets a lot of feedback from from a lot of people, and I and I I remember Luke doing it a while back too, and like the best example of it was. Uh, that I can think of right now was uh, if, if anybody's familiar with WTF Asaurus back in the day playing um, Star Citizen way, way back. And the only thing we had in 2.0 was this space station called Security Post Korea, which is, you know, got a, a resurgence more recently in the game and is pretty popular or whatever. But the this was like the only place to PvP in the game at the time outside of your ship. And this guy would run around the station and he would listen for when the doors were opening and things like that. Cause there was an, like, let's say like six or seven doors that can possibly open. So anybody can be coming from any direction at any time. And Elliot's boss at the time, you know, I don't even think Elliot was working there. This was a long, long time ago. Um, was 
was watching and noticed how he was playing and just came up with like, all right, well, there's a security room. I'm going to put this room and it's going to have uh this screen that shows when the doors, you know, are are the doors facing which direction and things like that, because he was watching how another player was playing it. And that's like, you know, if we talk about Baldur's Gate and, and some of the games that are getting a lot of praise for, you know, Star Citizen's got its extremely long uh, early access time. And, you know, we're not going to touch on any of that, but the fact that there is some feedback coming back from people and being able to not only design a better game but just design a more fun game and and fix things and all the all that stuff i mean for me at this at the same time of what elliot would say about me giving good feedback i think you know they'll come and say hey can you check this mission out for me and no matter what i'm doing i stop and do that right because that's the most important thing is i care about the game and I want the game to be good. So whatever people think about me or whatever, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. It, for me, what matters is like what people like Elliot think and some of the other developers that I've had uh, some good interactions with is um, I don't need to hear that I'm stupid. I don't like that's the type of feedback that I don't hear anymore is that I'm stupid from a YouTube commenter, right? But when people who are professionals and actually do this for a living um, seem to respect my opinion. That's all I need to know. Right. And, um, yes, I do complain a lot, but, uh, I, I try to give credit where it's due as well. Right. I, I think most people just hear the negative. That's just how they are. Right. Is you don't, it doesn't feel as good to hear the good stuff. It, it, it doesn't just hurts grab your attention more. as much. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So, and I'm not, I'm not negative on purpose. I think we've gone through this on the, the show. I, I wish I wasn't. You know, it'd be, life would be a lot happier. Just walk I don't around think with a smile negative. on my face all the time. Yeah, personally, it's I. I think people again. It's I think your name choice has over exaggerated <laughs> your image of your negativity. Genuinely, um, stay I think front, people who right? don't watch your content. Yeah. I think people who have never watched your content think you're negative. You feel me? Yeah. They've I think never they seen assume, a salty Mike video, and or I, I watch think a stream. They like uh, angry joe or whatever right yeah and, like, something like i didn't that. even go i didn't even go with the name for like to be like that but damn i'm just That's thinking about this, this gets me yeah what's that they're, they're like when you're like online and you're watching a video of someone talking about star citizen who's clearly not played it or an article about star citizen gets another 100 million in funding and it's still not out and you read the comments and people are like lol there's not even a game that are this that are that and i'm like there is a game like you can play it yeah it's got its bugs and its rough edges but it exists and people are having fun on it like and it just get it real that those comments as well they they anger me more than upset me like i'm frustrated at the ignorance that exists for it like Cause yeah, I I worked I've only worked on this game for like four years. I know it's taken a while. It's, it's taking a while, and I know like if I if I was to sort of Chris is be you know no one's ever done this before. It's one of the biggest games, um, so on and so forth. But it's like if people just give it a little bit of a chance, they go, oh wow, there's actually the makings of something here. And every release we get closer to this. Like I was looking. 
I was Googling, uh, I put in a task, can't tell you what the task is, but I put in a task for one of my coders to do something. And because of it, I had to look up the inventory. And I found the old um, PMA, I think it was called. Uh, no, not PMA. The, 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 the old inventory manager where everything oh, was global yeah. and you could access it wherever. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, that looks like dog shit. I can't believe that existed now, like compared to what we have. And I, I keep, I eventually keep going back. And sometimes I find things from times when, like, I think you showed a video in stream, Mike, and it was like a compilation, compilation of you playing the game. And you had a, a video of you requesting landing at a planet and a cutscene happening. And that blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe that was ever a thing. I don't That's think mental. we never had that in our hands. So that was probably a react sit- video. No, well, yeah, maybe, but it was probably sitcom 2015. Mm. So, like, the original scope of the game was super different. Super, super different. Right. And um, that's sort of what it was, because that's how all the old CR games were, like CR and, and, and ER games, I guess. Because I think Aaron did Privateer, like his brother. But um, those were the games that I played growing up, and that's how it was. You, you would fly close to a planet, and you would press a button, and you would just land. And then you would just be at a place. So it's not like that anymore. I feel like we're dangerously getting into too much Star Citizen discussion where it's like... Let me back away. Let me, I didn't even give the fourth game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, true. Is it a Nintendo <laughs> game? Because you didn't give any Nintendo games. Uh, Yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be Zelda Ocarina of Time. Oh my god. Go. What a Or Majora's Mask. I, I, I'm torn between the two. And you know what? I could even throw Twilight Princess in there. To be fair, you know, any I'm... Zelda game. I love every Zelda game. I never played a single Zelda game, and I you I had an I had an a, a an NES. You piece of shit. Yeah, yep, I can't believe dude. You. There was a time where I didn't play anything other than like NHL, Madden, and MLB. Those were the three games I played every day. That's disgusting. I know. It's tough. Um, I I think that if you were gonna if you were gonna play a Zelda game today, you'd probably want to start with Breath of the Wild, most likely. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure, but I don't think you can go back. I mean, you can, but I can't. There's some mods and stuff that the Ocarina of Time is really good still. Like it lives up today. I think. Um, I think that Twilight Princess and um, Majora's Mask are, are good, but I, I think that Ma- Twilight Princess is probably the least favorite of people who enjoy Zelda, uh, except for one person I know. It was their first Zelda game, and they love it. They love it so much. Um, but yeah, Zelda's a great franchise. Um, I it's definitely a lot of like puzzles and you know problem solving. And um, back before games like that were really good at that, right? Like it it yeah. kind of did that stuff really really well. Um, and it did it in three D, which again, like back in the the day, Ocarina of Time was one of like the the first games I played that was like that. That it it felt like a very cohesive fun game that i mean i was little at the time i could even figure out um but it it also felt very rewarding to play that game and you know you get to the end and like there's like the time skips and stuff and you know my little child brain is melting because i'm like holy moly this is insane like we're going back and forth in time and uh I don't know, man. I just I, I love the discoverability and the the puzzles in that game. I'm a huge I'm a huge puzzle fan, uh, Elliot. Because so, it's got no hand holding. That game yeah. has no hand holding, and that's what I love is 
treating players not like they're idiots. Because I can give you a marker straight away to go do something and you'll follow it blindly and you'll have Netflix on and you'll disengage with my content. I want you to think for yourself. Yeah, um, those are the best ones. You know, it's, it's like how when I did the bounty system, there's a point for people where you can't go high enough and it's because you don't have the skill. That's the that's the, the 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 end of it. There, you don't have the skill. So either you keep playing and improve your skill to get to that next level, or you give up. And one of the two, you have to pick. And it's going to be the same with a, like a lot of the things that I love is just like you've got to figure this bit out. Like the, I'm not going to help you anymore. Like you mm. need to adapt, use the mechanics, use your knowledge. Like in the SEL, I, know I keep going bad uh, SEL, but in the SEL, I try to show it off that it's like I'm not going to mark the ship that you have to board scan for it you've got a tool if, if i put it in you know scanning might get uh, you know looked at fixed helped improved etc but go find the ship yourself you've got the tools yeah. uh and so on and so forth so i think that's it, the best way to do it 100 yeah. percent. so um taking a, a trying to get off star citizen here <laughs> uh, i'm gonna take a little bit of a turn uh what do you think about we didn't even talk about GamesCon, but uh, to highlight a little bit from it Man, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Starfield coming up? It's very interesting. A lot of people who are now review copies and now people who can say stuff, NDAs are, are kind of melting away a little bit as we get closer. We're what, uh, seven days away? I think maybe eight days away from Starfield release or seven days away. It's going to be 6 p.m. Uh, seven days from now. So um, it's about a week. And people are starting to say, the game's really good. That's what I'm hearing from people Bro. who played it. Yeah. There's a lot of like leaks out there. It's bug free. And I'm, I'm immediately I'm not buying it. I don't think that. That's what I'm, no, it's, that's, what the, that's what they're saying. Like, there's some people out there saying that the, they've played a few hours and there's no bugs and it's, or surprisingly maybe no, bug free. Maybe no game breaking bugs. It's yeah. per person. Uh, when Cyberpunk first dropped, I'd booked days off for it, and I, I didn't hit one bug. Everyone online was like, it's the buggiest piece of shit ever, and I, I yeah. played the entire game without hitting. I think the only bug I had was the chip that uh, Keanu's on changed into a gun in a cutscene. That was it. Yeah, so, um, I... No. Don't spoil I haven't played it yet. Oh, oh God. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's not even a, a big spoiler, but um, yeah, no, totally. I felt the exact same way about Cyberpunk. I didn't have any bugs. I did a whole playthrough day one, yeah. but I think it's people who are like on, on last gen consoles and listen, you know, I mean this in the most respectful way. It's like cyberpunk wasn't meant to be played on last gen consoles. You they know, shouldn't have put it they shouldn't that was hundred percent a marketing controlled thing that there, like there yeah. is, cause you will have had the game designers and the programmers going, it doesn't fucking work. And them going, yeah, yeah we know. And I was, saying like hey by the way this like th this is shit and they're like oh, well try we'll try do our best for it it's a hundred percent like something like that yeah and the that's why i'm gonna play starfield no matter what i've booked because, days off for it yeah because for me i i i did i did that thing with starfield where i was like are we sponsored by prime is this no, Poggers, Prime? I, dude, oh my god, I was about Poggers. Bro, literally, <laughs> why was I scared to take a drink of my drink this whole time? Because I knew you were gonna bring it up. <laughs> they was uh, uh, they was outside the office like yesterday. Little... Dude, literally, oh, yeah. I yeah. Is it good? I, I haven't had the energy drink. Oh, I like lovely. it. 
I I like it. Uh, some people don't like th this kind of taste, but it's it's really good. I like it. But the only I typically get something else, but it was all they had at yeah. the uh, the gas station I went to. So yeah. Um. But dude, what I was saying was that I did this with Cyberpunk. Is like I knew it was going to be buggy, and I was like, I'm not playing it. I'm not touching. It. I want to see the reviews, whatever, right? And then everything comes back bad, and I'm like, I'm not playing it. And now the the new uh it's coming out with a new phantom liberty. or whatever yeah phantom liberty and they showed a bunch of stuff and it's going to be a lot better i don't know what anything they're you know perks and all these i have no clue what they're talking about but i just asked my chat is it better is it worth playing now yes yes okay so i'll play it but then if i do this i i, I feel like with you guys like I, both of you said well i didn't have any bugs it was fun right and then you know, I don't want to do that with Starfield. I want to just play it and experience it however bad it will be. It doesn't matter, right? It yeah. just looks cool for me. I keep saying, uh, you know, I haven't had my, one of the games that would be on my Mount Rushmore is Mass Effect. Mm. So just any game that like, dude, they, they the whole constellation thing and there's a there's a an artifact and they touch it and like bro they showed it all in the in the previews it's literally massive it's like super mass effect inspired so i want to play this thing no matter what cyberpunk was kind of like it, it was such its own ip with i didn't see much inspiration from too many things maybe you guys did um but that's why i want to play it is is i miss mass effect mm. i mean that was a game i put there's not many games i replayed mass effect was one of them that was like my favorite game ever. Like as far as the game design, the only time I've ever been blown away by a video game's design was when they explained that a decision you were going to make in game one was going to affect something in game three. I was like, that is the cool, like that's the only time I ever noticed game design up like to that point. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard. This is genius. And then it turns out to like kind of be shit which really pissed me off. It was like good in some cases, you know, like certain characters would die, but at the end I thought it was just going to be like better, I guess, and I was just, I think a lot of people were pretty disappointed with the end of Mass Effect. But man, that's that game is on my Mount Rushmore for for that reason alone. It was just so different and cool. I loved it. That was kind we'll of the see. game that got me into the sci-fi genre, honestly. I didn't really For play real? sci-fi. Yeah, I didn't really play sci-fi games before Mass Effect. Um, Caden or Ashley? I, wait, what? Caden or Ashley at the oh, beginning. Oh, dude. Um, it's been so long since I've played, but um, I it's think I remember one, going with... I think the I, girl or the guy? Uh, I think that I ended up going with the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley, she was hot. I was a kid. What do you want? Listen, bro. I dude, it's <laughs> legitimately probably been twelve years, thirteen years since I played through that game. Yeah, for sure, more. Yeah, most likely. I mean, game one, I was in college. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what year. It's a long time ago. It was, a, I was in school. It was a while. I was Elliot's age. But I was I, Elliot's age when Mass Effect Two came out. Dude, I literally bought a PC <laughs> to play PUBG. that was like the first time i owned a pc for gaming what a that game. was it what a game man what a game yeah. i was literally mooching off my my stepbrother's pc i was going over to his house during lunch breaks and stuff and playing on his pc with his permission of course but yeah. he he was just he would and eventually he was like dude you just need to get your own 
you know yeah. like obviously this is something you enjoy but i was a i was a macbook user and fringe well it's just what people in the film industry use oh yeah yeah no, i know and for what reason i don't know because the we were hipsters and we thought it was cool you know that's the only reason it wasn't actually better we just were lied to um but it was so funny because i sold my like two-year-old laptop and paid for and had extra money yep, for my for <laughs> super decked out way better pc Yep. And I was like, dude, this is sick. And I could play PUBG on it. I could edit videos on it. All of a sudden, I mean, I couldn't be mobile with it anymore, but it didn't matter, right? Um, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. And dude, that that's what got me um, into the sci-fi genre, though, was, well, I mean, maybe Star Wars, like watching it, but game-wise, Mass Effect. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mass Good game. I mean, I played the Wing Commander games, but Mass Effect was was really it as far as like RPGs, like everything because i like i said at that time i was only playing sports games that was it mm. I, I got away from a lot of the good you know i just never had an s the super nintendo i never had a sega i never had any of that so I, I missed out on a lot is there anything elliot that sticks out to you for from gamescom at all outside of I the mean, obvious one starfield yeah i like this is it's probably weird. I don't read game articles. I don't re read reviews. I'll watch like videos on YouTube and yeah. not people reviewing it, like just the gameplay video. Because for the past couple of years of my life, every time I've read a review on a movie or a game that said it was like like this, I've always just found them to be inaccurate to what I like. I watch like oh, the, the Indiana Jones movie is disappointing. It's blah, blah, blah. It's a, like, it's a cash grab at nostalgia. And I, I go there, I sit there, I'm like, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I don't need to analyze the depths and how it's going to manipulate me psychology, uh, like, psychologically to relive my childhood. I don't give a shit. Hold I just on, Elliot. What the experience. Are you saying you can form your own opinion on something? I, exactly. Uh, that's Goddamn right. Uh, unbelievable. So... Hold on so a I second. don't read any of it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching online or at home, I, I think that this is, you should feel really positively about uh, Elliot's decision here. Um, definitely don't try to form your own opinion about this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's the thing that I've liked about Gamescom so far. It's not like there's no ratings. There's no, it's just yeah. been trailers. So yeah. I get to look at it and I'm like, oh, this looks like something yeah. I'll like. Like and I watched I see my the trailer going really, yeah, really, and it's just like, yo, shut mm. up, dude. Uh, you dogged cool. on me for playing Slime Rancher. I mean, that game looked like it was for an eight-year-old, but yeah, doesn't matter. It's fun. There's yeah. this. True. You should read the Steam reviews. Someone, someone was like, "This game literally cured my depression," <laughs> like because it's all just fun, fluffy goodness. And there's, there's, there's it like an aspect to it where you have to manage your own farm and make sure you. You're being as efficient as possible. There's like a meta game inside of it, so yeah. I mean, I, like I played Paleo. I could see it. Yeah, Paleo was good. very happy-go-lucky. You know, yeah, Paleo's good. So yeah, I don't know. Did the you only one... go, go ahead. ahead? I was just gonna say, Elliot, did you watch we? Because we didn't talk about it. Did you watch the um, like the? Uh, they didn't call it a vertical slice, but they called it like a. Uh, like a game preview or whatever, the 40-minute long one. A rebranded uh, game slice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the Starfield Direct? That Starfield thing? Direct, that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah did you watch I, it? Uh, yeah, I think I did. I think so, yeah. Is that yeah. That's where that's they went the into depth lady. and showed like the the modular building of ships yep. and the yep. the fan and stuff like that yep. from Oblivion. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, I watched that, yeah. 
yeah what what are your thoughts is someone does that like do and this is what i want to hear from you as a game developer do you watch that and go that was a really good look into the game or do you feel like there's still so much unanswered questions it depends like from working in the industry i know i i i can i i sit there with doubt like hmm. hey oh this looks really cool this looks really fun and i, I i'm a boy i'm gonna play it uh, and i can't wait for it but i sit there and go now how much of that was faked because hmm. working in the industry i know how much stuff that i've had to fake like yeah like working on like man and and things it's like right i've got a fake gate fake gameplay here because uh, the tech that actually makes it happen is coming later down the line right um so it really just depends. Like I, I look at it and I go, "Hey, that's cool," and I, I'm interested in how they built that, how they did this, and I, I can already like see how they did parts of it. And then I have my worries, like with with working on Star Citizen and playing No Man's Sky and knowing people who worked on No Man's Sky, how difficult it is to procedurally build a planet and fill it full of content. Because I know that when I play Starfield, I'm going to be flying down to an outpost that I've seen seventy times on different planets that has the exact same spawn closet for spawn closet rotations that has the exact same AI that all act the exact same way, except they've got a beefed up health bar and the planet aside from that is going to be pretty desolate flying from A to B. There yeah. might be a few ships that spawn. Maybe, maybe they have, there's not even flying. I don't know. Like that's yeah, there you go. So it's, it's like, I, I like, and it's different because obviously SC, but I, I look at it and I go, right. How have you done this? Because I know how just how difficult it was for us to get to that point. Uh, and it's the same with No Man's Sky. I played No Man's Sky when it first came out and the procedural planets. And one of the people who worked on it worked for our company. And I, I spoke to him in depth about like how, how its development was. And it's the same thing. No Man's Sky, when it first released, had a void of content. It had so much space and like physical, like, you know, real estate. But it was nothing. It was nothing to. There was nothing to do. You know, trillion you miles, up your mind, trillion miles wide, but an inch deep. Exactly, yeah, dude. Exactly. And at Gamescom, they talked to some guy that like pretty high up at the company. He's like, "My playthrough has been 150 hours, and I still haven't seen all this stuff." And I'm like, "Okay." And 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 they were talking about like the side content. Oh, you're you know, make sure you do all the side content because you'll see all these stories and. I'm just like, okay. I mean, they're hyping me, but at the same time, I have that same bit of like caution. It's like, mm. yeah, sure, there's a thousand planets, but like, how can this, how can you have a thousand planets and them all be interesting? Like, dude, I don't know. I just looked at it like, dude, you're probably going to place a base down and you're just going to extract materials and that'll be that. Like, the thing is, it's, it, they, they take certain words and they use it to like sell the game incorrectly yeah. like they'll though they'll go like oh i've had 150 play hours and i've not seen all of it and it's because it's it's like elite dangerous um go um it, it takes them at like um 150 something thousand years to map the entire galaxy yeah yeah and it's it's like you could then say that oh I, i've been playing seven thousand hours of elite and i've not seen everything and it's like yeah because it's going to be physically impossible for you to see that amount of stuff you but don't you have enough have. years but you yeah have. you've, you've played you've seen all the content exactly, right. exactly exactly that's what i mean so yeah. that's what i'm worried about when it comes to starfield is even though he goes i played 150 hours of it and i've not even been everywhere it's like right but what is there to yeah. do everywhere because yep. like an issue that hits like the fallout games is that 
you hit a point where you've got the best weapons and you've got as much ammo as can need be and you've got every single medical supply and you've done the main quest and you've done every single side quest. There's nothing there for you to do anymore. Yep. Like you, you have to mod at that point to get content. Yep. And that's when yeah. you put the, like for me, that's when it's like, for me, I'll probably just play main quest, a few side quests and then put the game down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'll come I, back to it, do a different build maybe one day, but. Yeah. I think that content density is something that a lot of games struggle with, but I think what the genre that struggles with it the most is space games, 100%. Yeah. Because open when you're world dealing, games well, in general too, right? I agree, but when that, you're with dealing with open world tag, when you're dealing with games like No Man's Sky, Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Starfield, um, you name it, if it's in space, right? Yeah. Um, you have this issue where you have these massive maps that are beyond open world. And how could you possibly like they're they've apparently came out and they said with Starfield that full planetary exploration is possible is what they said. Like you could walk around the planet as uh, supposedly to what they said. Um, and I think it's really smart how they did the content generation. I don't know if you heard about this, Elliot. I thought it was really smart. Um, but basically you land on a planet and it procedurally generates the location on that planet that you were supposed to go to in front of you. Like it's like, you know, that mountain that you landed next to, it's now going to be in the valley next to it or whatever, right? It's going to be within a thousand meters of you or however it's going to work, right? Um, and that's a really smart way to bring the content to the person. Um, but I guarantee that these people who are playing, most people who play the game will probably explore 1% of the playable area, right? Probably less because... Who in the right mind is going to walk around an entire planet when the content spawned a thousand meters from your ship, right? Yeah. Like nobody, right? Especially because there's no gr ground vehicles, they said. There's no like riding animals. Um, yeah. And so how would they you even get around? They discourage you from it. Like they, they, right. they do yeah. think, hey, it's possible and you can do it. And the people who, are, who do do it are going to be disappointed. They, yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ways to discourage you because... Like the content at scale is a very difficult thing to do because players don't want the same repeated experience. You want something new, right? It's why I like emergent gameplay so much. Is that like I build a Jack Jack Jack, Jack Frags did an amazing video on on it. It's it's like I, I we build a, a derelict ship on one of our planets and we build a box mission, but then I enable um like bounties to go overhead, right? So then he lands there, goes to get the box, and a bounty spawns, destroys his ship. He's now grounded can't fly and has to ask for help he asks for help pirates come and take him for ransom his mate manages to come and save him from the pirates and that's like a whole story unique to his playthrough that no one else will have the exact same experience and single player games like uh, red dead redemption 2 is an amazing game one of my closest friend worked on it and i love it i think it's a great game but it has the same issue where I go to him, oh, like, it was really cool. I um, I, I saw this guy, he was asking for help, and like, he turns out he got bit by a snake, and I, I, I like sucked the venom out of his leg. And then I talked to my brother, and I talked to like my other friend, and they're like, oh, yeah, the same thing happened to me. Mm. And it kind of like, it can devalue that experience for me mm. because it's like, right, it happened for everyone. And the same thing is going to happen in all single-player games is that they don't have to be Dude. as dynamic with the content because you're going to experience it and it's just you alone i think you just described why 
I love player interaction in video games. Like I, I've been trying to nail it down for a while now is like the thing that Sea of Thieves does really well and DayZ does really well and Star Citizen does really well and you know games like Rust even a bit uh, does really well is that you could play it and a thousand people could play it, a hundred thousand people could play it and you will have a different experience every single time. Um, yeah. And I think that- Even PUBG, like talking about that way back when. Like Battle every Royale's end in general. Game, yeah, every end game, like yeah. it was different. You know, anytime you can inject more players, it makes a level of uncertainty that you can't control. And if you can't control it, that's when the most uh, experience is going to happen because you're going to have fun. It's like I've been playing Baldur's Gate. I've stopped my solo playthrough to play with my friends because I can't control them. I can't dictate their actions. Yep. So, yeah, even though I can say, please, can you heal me? My other friend can go, no, I'm going to turn into a bear and just try win the battle. <laughs> and like it's it it makes more fun things like where um we was all talking to this like in this druid camp and they're all like don't please don't come past us uh so i'm talking and i'm talking to one of my other friends maca and we're saying like right okay we, we've got to convince them to let us pass my other friend who's like an orc she goes nah fuck this walk straight past it we genocided an entire village because of his one decision which is completely different to a playthrough that I'm having with, with, with just like me and Maka, where we took the opposite route. And, and that causes me, us to have to adapt and not save scum. And it, it just creates that really fun emergent gameplay. That's, so. that's cool, man. I, I think that if you could play Boulder's Gate with a group like that and not save scum, if you guys don't know what save scumming is, if you're listening, it's essentially you save before every decision. And if it doesn't go your way, you reload. Um, yeah. that saves coming. And if you played it with a group of people and then you stuck in character, like you don't have to be in character in discord, but like you played your character, like it was the character that you're intending it to be. And you do that and just let the decisions fly. I feel like, man, that would be as close to D and D as you can get in yeah. Baldur's gate. And that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's amazing. We had this what, uh, like a uh, bit last night. I was playing just the uh, the duo campaign I've got with my friend Maka, um, and uh, an auto save had occurred as we got into a battle with uh, like this camp of goblins, and we died seven times, but we couldn't go back to the previous save because like right, we've got to play it like like it is right. So got to jump back straight into the same battle, and we're trying our hardest just get to get around it. Uh, and instead, what we was like right. Do you think we can backtrack through the door we came out of? So on the next save scum, we loaded in, we tried to push everyone away and tried to just escape. Uh, and we eventually did it. And we wasted like two hours. And yeah, I could have save scummed and gone back a bit further and had to avoid that entire thing. But it, it, it had cheated us out of the experience. And that's what save scumming ultimately is going to do for people. It's going to cheat you out of an experience. You should learn to adapt and survive with the consequence of your action. I completely agree. And that's what makes online video games so much fun is you have to live with the decisions you make and i mean i don't know i know you've been popping in my stream uh lately elliot what i've been doing lately is pushing into as much player interaction as possible like i see someone bounty i try to talk to him i see someone who's pirating i try to talk to him i see someone just randomly in the wild i try to talk to him and sometimes man i'll like get be getting ready to like you know have a conversation with someone and I get nervous. I'm like, oh man, I have to handle this carefully <laughs> or I got to like say this or whatever. And sometimes it doesn't work out for me. 
Like I'm literally IRL rolling a nat one. And you know, they're like, I'd rather, I'd rather alt F4 than come with you or, you know, play with you or team up with you, whatever. Um, and it's, it's just funny to see, um, you know, that that's the thing that I love so much about these games is that it's like the decisions you make and the interactions you have are unique and they have meaning and maybe not the meaning that they are going to have one day, hopefully more. Right. But, um, man, I think that's what I love about these games so much. And, um, it's what I love about D and D honestly, but Baldur's Gate, you know great game. Funny? You know, what's funny is like you say that too. And, and I agree with it a thousand percent, like there so much, but at the same time, it makes me think of the, the single player games that I've played and like when I go, oh, what did you do? Did you choose Ashley or Caden, right? Like the, 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 those pivotal moments in the single player games of like what, what happened when you got there? Like there's what, what some single player games do is that there's, mm. there's different outcomes for certain things that, that could, could happen or um, maybe like slightly different experiences, whatever. Right. And, you know, what did you think about that in that moment or do you remember that moment in, in mm. single player games so at the same time i think that though single player games are super special from that well, standpoint as well right yeah and to disagree with elliot a little bit um i don't think that me watching a movie and then you watching a movie devalues that movie for me and i think single player video games are sometimes like that for me personally um mm -hmm. not to say you're wrong elliot because i do agree with the point you're making but um I do think that it's just, it's a different way of interpreting content, you know, and experiencing content. Uh, and personally, I like the, I like the, the other one better, the multiplayer dynamic, the uncontrollable. Yeah. I, I really love that. Um, the little change there, like in, so the difference between Mass Effect and Red Dead is that Mass Effect has more of a branch in it. Like you can choose ashley or thingy and then from there on you can handle a situation differently you can choose to mm -hmm. force a situation they have those sort of branching things whereas red dead is a set campaign so even though yes we both found the snake person we're both always going to end up going to the next scene the exact same way which is we got to move our camp and we all do it the exact same way so there are even levels inside of single player games that have player agency as the focus mm -hmm. um like even though the Mass Effect isn't emergent gameplay, it is a, a form of player agency that changes your game quite a bit. Mm. Yeah. So it, it depends. Like it's single player games, you know, even though I've played the same Bioshock as you have, it doesn't devalue me that I've had the same experience as you because for me, I went into Bioshock not expecting that experience. Fair enough. Whereas Mass Effect, I went into it expecting to have a little bit of a variation between mine and your playthroughs. I think they're just different flavors of content. And some people prefer one over the other. Some people love that. Like, some people love the experience that you're talking about so much. They will watch other people dedicatedly play that single player game that they loved. And they want to see other people experience it for the first time. I played games and people are like, yeah, I just hang out in this, like Subnautica. I had people who were like, I only watch people play Subnautica playthroughs, and I love people experiencing stuff for the first time. Souls so interesting. Games. Soul, Pe yeah. There's a whole community of people wa who watch people play 
new soul like never had played souls games before there's there's a game that i would do that with it's called i don't know if you ever heard of it elliot it's called outer wilds um i uh, i'm getting a tattoo of it bro what are you getting (laughs) um i want to get like i've been torn between just getting the ship or getting the planets all lined up or like going up my leg dude I, I'm not going to copy you, but I'm doing a, a space and science sleeve and I was going to incorporate something from it into the game. Um, yeah. But don't worry, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to be weird. Um, it's one of my all time favorite. Really cool. It was up, it was going to be up there for it, the Mount Rushmore things. It, it's it in is, my top three. It's, it's one of the best games for not handholding. And to think that yes. that game that I love so much was started as a university project by a yep. coder who then happened to get funding from one of the main characters from the series of heroes and start his own company and build something that's correct. Like he's, he's, his sister wrote the script and she got a BAFTA and she was just in in college beforehand. And she wrote something that was that good. I love it. It's insane. Did you you play about that? Yeah, go ahead. I, I jumped on this kind of ties into everything we talked about today. Everyone, I was like, man, I'm not feeling like playing Star Citizen today. I want to try some other games. I'm really in this kick of like, I, I want to play all the games I missed. And there, I missed so many things over the last 10 years. I just want to play games. And that is a game everybody recommended, right? Everybody. I get it. Start playing it. And it's none of it is voice acted. It's all reading. And I am not good at reading. And the first thing I think about is like, if I'm going to stream this game, I have to read the whole thing. And I just put it down. And I was like, I'll play it on my own. And I haven't played it yet. But I didn't, I was like, worried about my, what the comments would be. Mm. Right. So like bring it full circle. That was the first thing that came to mind. It's like, I'm not going to be able to read. I'm going to look like an idiot. And then I'm going to, to hate the experience of this game that everybody says is good for something that's not, that has nothing to do with the game. This is one of the interesting things in, in games design, and it's I have a guy on my team called Yorit. He built the platform assault missions. He mm-hmm. is because uh, as designers, we're all players, and we all design based on our experience, right? Um, Yorit is the kind of person who would read and really loves the backstory and likes to know. Like if he sees a dropship, he wants to know where did it come from. What do those people do? Uh, when they're not like raiding like a location that that's the kind of person he is and for me usually i don't like reading either i hate it because i'm like sometimes it's just like uh the meme of like i don't know where i am i don't know who i am all i know is i have to kill um Mm. and sometimes i want to go away from that so i also hate reading but by not doing engaging with those games you you can also cheat yourself out of like some crazy good experiences like Outer Wilds, amazing Disco Elysium, oh my god! I've been playing that, and yesterday I was talking to Luke, and he's like, you know, uh, there's a character in it called Kuno, who's this dead annoying little kid, and he says, you know, your partner, you can lose your partner and convince Kuno to join you as like your replacement and just playing the game and knowing all the different choices i can make at every single stage and how they can change my game completely and knowing that's a possibility is absolutely insane and makes me want to keep playing it and replaying it and replaying it but yeah Yeah. i'm the same about reading games they're hit and miss i have to be in the mood for them 
there's another game. I'm, I gotta look at my my Steam list, but there's another game that's just like that. It's such a like a cult classic that everybody like. It's a game you have to play, um, you know. And and I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was the same thing. It's like I was going through it, and it was not voice acted, and I had to read the whole thing, and I just was like, I I don't want to do this. I don't want it because I felt like I had to be the like I had to be a voice actor for each character when streaming. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, but it's you just don't, like a streaming dude, problem. As someone who's yeah. heavily dyslexic, they don't yeah. care. And if they do care, bro, time them out. Literally, I that's the only thing that I will like will 100% time someone out for 24 hours if they make fun of my reading. Yeah. And I, I tell people, it, sometimes I won't now if they're like a new name. Like I'll be like I'll be like, "Oh, you know, oh, I'm dyslexic or whatever." Or you know what I'll say? Sometimes I'll be like, "Oh, if you were a real fan, you would know that I'm dyslexic." That's what I'll say. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's like a dig at them, but it's also good, you know? Yeah. Um, and it kind of levels the playing field a bit. But if someone's being like an asshole about it, bro, oh my God, see you later. It's like, it's like, I literally have, I mean, I know it's different for you, but it's just like making fun of someone's, the way someone reads is like making fun of their intelligence. You know, it's heavily, yes. coll- it's heavily connected. And so, um, some people are just not as efficient readers, especially out loud, right? So, um, man, read like I told Mike to, you know, a uh, different podcast episode, read it to yourself and then, mm-hmm. you know, just paraphrase for chat um, of like what happened. And if you miss something, maybe they pointed out that's fine, you know, but um, maybe turn hints, tell people in your title, no help. Um, Cause that's a, that's a Gosh. game that can completely get ruined if someone backseats you. Yeah. Yep. It's because, dude, I literally, My I wish I could fr- handle that. I, I, wish. I wish because, I mean, you know, the premise of the game. I told you, right? Yeah. Well, you played it. So, you know, the premise you reset yep. every like 22 minutes or whatever. And so the game is meant to be beat in less than 22 minutes, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, And so once you figure out like the, the story and everything that's going on, it's like, you can only experience it one time and the buildup to that is insane. So it's like <laughs> not to sell it short. Did you play the DLC Elliot? Yeah. Oh my God. The DLC was just as good. I, I, I was it. so shocked by that. Normally DLCs are good, but not as good. And that was like, Oh, it was like, like it was, I spawned in. I'm like, how are you? How, how, how do you, how do you put a DLC inside of this already? And then I found the DLC thing and I'm like, ah, that's amazing. You've done it again. Like, I can't wait for their next game or whatever they do because it's it's just a masterpiece, every single bit of it. Yep. It's, I, I'm really excited for what they do as well. But, Mike, whether you play it on or off stream, bro, you got to play it. You yeah, got to play it. I mean, I it's it might not be your type of game, but, man, I think that game, masterpiece. Uh, when I think of single-player games and I think masterpieces, that's up there. Boulder's Gate's up there too now, I think. Yeah, I, think it's my, I think it's my game of the decade, honestly. Like, I don't yeah. think that I've, I've enjoyed playing. I think playing with someone else, Elliot, I'm playing with my girlfriend. Um, I think that playing with someone else is the key, I think, yeah. for it being the game of the decade for me. But, um, man, it's, it's so good. What do, you, what do you think, Elliot, about the fact that, you know, these claims like Baldur's Gate is like three times as big uh, as a game should be in terms of content and development effort and whatever. And obviously, it took a long time for the game to come out. Um, do you think it sets a bad precedent? Do you think it's good? Do you think 
that some of these devs that are are saying dude there's so much dev drama you know it's saying so it's it's not like good for the you know community do you think that's a good thing like what i mean you, you work on a game that's massive so i don't know this is interesting yeah. It sounds oddly familiar, you know, when when you hear how long it's been in development and how when it first came out in early access, everyone shit on it. And then all of a sudden when it finished, it was given the time it needed, it came out and it is one of the, it is the top rated game right now. It's yep. beat every other game. And the the thing that I love about it is that it is clear that it is not publisher, it is not marketing, it is developers who give a shit about the product, give a shit about the game, and they have gone, it's not ready. We'll go dark and we'll make it. It's the same thing with No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky came out, had a shit, a shit release, everyone hated it, you know, people shitting on it. They went quiet and they built it because they're like, we're not happy with it either, we want to make it how it is. Baldur's Gate has done the exact same thing. And it shows what happens when you, like, when games first come out, it was built by, you know, people like me and you in their, like, bedroom at their mum's house or in the garage just wanting to make something cool. And people loved it. And then it made money. And mm. then the vultures came, the, the, the corporates came, and they started doing publishing, and they started going, we want you to add, like, a, a non-designer going, we want you to add this to the game because we think it'd be cool. Like, mm. and then having scopes, ex think, uh, scopes extended, scopes shortened, the game reduced because of, well, we want the money, like, you know, next week, um, we're off on holiday, we need the money, uh, can you just push the game out? Like, stuff like that, it ruins the creative process, and it ruins what the game has. Games take ages to make, even small games, like... There are, there are games that are much smaller than Star Citizen, much smaller than Starfield, that are so amazing like dave the diver i've been playing recently amazing game so fun animations are beautiful it took them years to build it and it's a 2d game people will scoff at it and go but it's 2d doesn't you know matter it's the time yeah love it one person it looks amazing i can't looks, wait for it to come oh, out that is my most anticipated game in the last and it's you give five them years the, 10 years easy for me exactly and you give the the, the designer you give the developer like they, it's the unfortunate thing if we need money because we need to eat and we need to put funds into the project, right? But you give us the time and we can make something absolutely amazing because that's the only thing we want to do is we want to make something amazing. Mm, yeah. I mean, I would love to know. I, I don't know any of this, but I would love to know how many people worked on Baldur's Gate and how, how much money they spent on development because uh, it had to have been pretty significant. I can significant. tell you it's not cheap. To, yeah, I was uh, going like, to say it had to be pretty in... significant. 100%. When, when I was in college, we had this uh, module where we had to run our own studio. Uh, not like real, but we had to come up with the financing and do a, mm. a cost sheet because it was like in college, they're teaching you how to be indie more than there was for like AAA production. Yeah. Um, and they show like cost sheet. So find like actually go online and find somewhere to rent, you know, and get a quote, f get insurance, get like all of these like things that you need. And I can tell you, like, my, the company I built, uh, it had two designers, three artists, and 12 programmers, because that's what I had estimated that I'd need to build the game in time. The programmers alone cost me 13 million a year. And it was like, because it was like, I had to go off their salary, top end salary, and the only thing that comes up is American for that. But it was like such an insane amount of money funneled into these games to to make to make sure that they they have 
food, they have a comfortable life and they'll want to stay at my company, not including promotions and annual increase in wages. Like, it is so much money to hire developers. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. Absolutely. I don't think that people realize like how much money it actually costs to like my favorite acquisition. Like I'll, I'll go a little bit in the star citizen here, but my favorite acqu uh, accusation on star citizen is like, what do you think they're doing with all that money? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, they're paying people. Obviously they've got a thousand employees now over a thousand. Alleg right? Servers, electricity bill, oh everyone working here, making sure that we've got toilets, making sure that we've got like drinks because this is the, the I, I remember Mike, you did a whole video where they was talking about the new Manchester office and you was like, well, why do they need this like lavish office? And yeah. the, the and I key didn't point, say it like they don't need it. I was asking no, why, why? So that one of the key things, so I knew you were is there. <laughs> you, yeah, you make a nice environment and people will stay. It's like Google. They have made a really cool campus that isn't just making like, oh, making the search engine doing all of their projects. It's like, there's a juice bar, there's a gym, there's all of this stuff to encourage people to stay because we're, we're creatives. We don't want to go to a boring, bland office and feel like our life's being sucked away from us every day. Whereas when I walk into like my office and there's posters, there's pictures, there's like uh, like a, a fridge full of soda cans and and little snack bits there, that encourages me to stay because I'm being I feel like I'm being respected and treated well. Whereas other companies I work at, you walk out of the gray office into a vending machine I have to pay for. Yeah, uh, with with tea that everyone drinks because it's free, so there's barely any there, and it's just like they're like, well, you only have five minutes a day for your tea break, so get your tea and come back to your fucking desk. Whereas what the office and what Sig tries to do is go, we appreciate you. Look at what we do for you. Yeah, and that and... keeps people, that retains us, and most of all, you need us to stay at the company because if if we lose important people, talented people, it takes even longer. Yeah, and it, it, it makes a worse game, right? And for those who are listening who are like, that's kind of ridiculous. Why do they need all that stuff? Whatever. Uh, it's the same way in film. It's 100% the same way in film. Yep. I, I worked professionally in film for nearly 10 years and like literally came right out of the gate, 18 years old. Uh, before that, 17 and 16, I was working on film sets and uh, I, I did a lot of commercial studio work. Um, live television and man they treat their editors and their film teams especially their like cinematic film teams really really well like you know same thing he's describing it's competitive um with like how they like treat their teams a lot of times um and i think that you know creating environments like that uh like you said it just helps with the retention which is going to help you get a better game and i'm sure it doesn't it's not cheap but neither is literally guys if you don't understand hire cig has probably one of the hardest hiring processes of all time strictly because it, the engine that they work in is very hard to hire for i mean would you agree with that elliot like it, I, most people don't have experience in it because it's a no it's, it's the thing with that is it that can happen in a lot of studios because a lot of studios do have custom fair enough i didn't realize that fair enough oh Elliot, I think you've cut out. It literally made it sound like he left. Oh, really? No. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, you've been just... He's... <laughs> 
stand by, guys. We we uh, hey, he's back. we lost Elliot. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I Bye. was like, man, Elliot did not like that question, man. I I'm listen. I'm in my <laughs> home. I'm in my hometown, so it doesn't have my internet. I'm using <laughs> my dad's internet, so it isn't great. <laughs> no, it's a, it's okay. I I didn't even realize that when it happened. But yeah, what did, I, what did I get to? I I didn't hear uh, anything that you answered about the, the oh, engine. Cool. Most people have um, custom engines. Yeah, a lot of studios do have custom engines, so it's always a bit of a learning curve to come in. But the 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 hardest part of hiring is making sure that you're hiring the right person and the talented sure. people, right? And it's like uh, when I do hiring, um, because like like uh, I I I'm I'm involved in the hiring for my team, and I I go to interviews with people um, who, who try to come into the company. It's you get. I think we put up a, a admission design role, and I must have got we must have got like two thousand applications. Wow! And uh, like one thousand, one thousand nine hundred fifty of them are pure like shite because it's either the person's got not got a portfolio, not give us a CV. It's someone just going, "I like the game." Um, it's <laughs> someone saying they want to be a game designer. It's a college kid who doesn't understand that you don't start off with sixty grand as a starting wage. Um, so a lot of them go straight in the bin and then you've got to sort through the last 50 and the last 50 could be like you interview someone and i mean these are like real actual interviews of what people have done is like you, we give them a, like a design thing design five missions here's the here's like here's hurston and we explain what hurston is and we explain a couple of uh, like biomes that are meant to be in hurston and we got design a couple of missions for it and we had a guy come in and uh, every single mission he did ended up with you murdering animals. Like, every single one. It would be like, yeah, so you pick up a box, like, you have to convince this guy, you talk to him, you sort of go through it, and you do this thing, and then you take the box to, to this end point. But as you go into the end point, all these animals start swarming you, you have to kill them all. And every single mission, no matter what it was, ended up with animals <laughs> dying. We had another one who said, like, he wanted to do a mission where you blow up a planet. And we was like, well, we're, we're the persistent universe. So that'd be like, that'd happen once. And he's like, yeah, until the season resets. And we're like, what game do you think we're making here? <laughs> um, so you have people who come in who don't do any research into the, the company they're applying for, don't know the, ja the, the, the game. They've just like, oh, I've been a game sign somewhere else. I can go anywhere. So it's like going through that to find the like, rare nuggets of gold that are people like Lars, right. Max, and Yorick to then go, okay, you can do it. Now Now we just have to teach you the tools, right? And the tools are can be learned. They take time. Obviously, they're not an easy tool set. Like, it's not like uh, UE, uh, UE5 or 4 where there's, it's a commercially traded uh, engine, there's polished UI, there's a shit ton of documentation on it. It's a lot of tribal knowledge, bad UI, but that's because we're just trying to build it. We're not trying to give our tools out. You know, we're not trying to publish our engine for others. So, yeah, it depends on the people. It depends. It depends on the people. It depends on the engine. Um, like for coders, especially, you have to learn a code base that is alien to you, and that's very difficult because it's custom syntax. It's having to know how to dig through the code to find out like where this mission mark is being applied and stuff yeah. like that. Dude, Interesting. Uh, my my brother works at uh, without saying where it is, like one of the top five tech companies in America, right? And um, like just going on his interview and everything, they go through the whole interview. He had been looking for a job forever, and they had to ask him, 
like we're not even sure if you really want the job or not. Like it was just like they 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 want to really make sure that they get the right person for the job because it's such a pain in the ass to have to go through that again. And then and it it makes way more sense to get the right hire the first time than to have to fire and then find another one. So it costs more if we take more time hiring. If we if we hire someone and they're not good, it take it costs more because it costs my time to train them. It costs yep. my time to help them through to the point where they're then self-sustainable. And then if they either don't make it for whatever reason, you know, it's it's not a good fit, etc. Or if yep. they leave because the environment's not a fun one that they want to stay in, that's then the money that was spent on me training them down the drain, the money we spent paying them down the drain, yeah. and all of that. So so making sure you get the right person is 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 so difficult. Yeah, and then when you do, you want to keep them there. So same thing, like exactly. the office he worked at, dude. They had a a lady come around, make sure your monitors were in the perfect place, and all <laughs> like there was like an ergonomic person that came around, make sure everything was perfect, and they had a chef and all this stuff. It's crazy Same. the stories you tell me. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, but here's yeah. the deal, right? Is like, um, it's like video games are now the biggest industry for entertainment in the world by far. It's not yeah. even close to the other ones um and so bigger than hollywood bigger than it's like i I imagine this is why it's got to be so important to like create these environments hire the right people right i mean i think blowing up a planet sounds like a sick idea honestly you know um but it's like right you can you got to execute that perfectly right um until the next season of course until the next uh, fortnight uh, until the next (laughs) battle pass uh but no it's it's like i totally get that because especially when you're in such a a pivotal position at such a uh a company that is you know um trying to to work as efficiently as they can to you know get the the product out it's like you can't you can't let little roadblocks like that in the way um so i imagine it's super important i had a uh my my girlfriend is a a well, I'm actually not going to say what she is, um, but she works at a company and um, there's too many weirdos on the internet, but she works at a company and they hired someone. She had a part of hiring and uh, they were like, you know, super interested in like maternity leave and stuff like during the hiring process, even though he's like a dude didn't mention it. They're like, oh, like, are you expecting anything like that? And he's like, no, not really. And then they get hired and he's like, oh, by the way, my wife is nine months pregnant and I will be taking that maternity leave immediately. He's gone for like the first four months that he's supposed to be in the office, like literally after week one. And you're just like, man, geez. So it's like, you, you never know, right? Like, especially when you're hiring uh, in game development, right? Because like some people are these like wacky dorky people. So I imagine it's like its own huge process in itself like going through the process to like bring people on the team especially such a big team um you know in such a a pivotal moment in that game's time but i I feel like we're talking too much about star citizen again so i'll tell i'll tell a a funny story like similar though then we'll get us off of it maybe a little bit is i was also i guess we we've all been in hiring in in some way shape or form and i was in hiring in the casino and on the application we do not invite any because when you uh become a poker dealer you have to audition like similar to a, an actor or an actress you come in and you deal to us and then we watch you and 
try to trip you up a little bit and see if you know what you're doing. And before you even get to that point, when you apply, you have to be available for all shifts. Casinos are open 24 hours a day. You got to be willing to work the night shift. That's usually where we're hiring for, right? The old people that have been there forever, they got the day shift. So we'll, uh, we'll go through the process. They literally write available for any day, uh, any time. You go through the process, you offer them the job, and they're like, so, you know, I work, I can only work on Thursdays and Wednesdays and at 2 p.m. And we're just like, but you, you offered, you said all hours. Like we're, <laughs> we're, we're hiring for this time. And it's just like, we get that all the time. That was like so many people. It was crazy. And it's just like, dude, you, when you're, when you're a new person in a casino, you're working nights. Like, just, it is what it is. Yep. So some people love to work nights, but most people don't. So the, uh, we would get that a lot, which was super funny. So it's just, it's hard to get the right people. It's hard to build a team. It no is matter hard, what, man. And no matter what you're doing, it's always do, going to be hard to build a do team. You, do you think that game development is harder today than it's ever been, Elliot? Depends on what you mean by hard. He's like, 12 back, years old. Yeah, exactly. Back, like... I just I mean, like, to... it's it, the expectations are rising. Games are getting oh, yeah. bigger, right? Do you think Do you think AAA studios are, are doing a good job? You know? Or do you feel mm. like... Do you feel like they should be producing more of like what Boulder Skate's doing. It depends. Like I, time's always gonna, you know, make make everything better. So right. there there are games that do it great. There are games that do it like badly. So it really depends on the game and the company. I, I loved Assassin's Creed, and after what they did with when they turned into more of an RPG, I don't play them anymore because I don't like that. I preferred the old Assassin's Creed, but for them it wasn't sustainable to keep pumping out the same thing, so they they dropped it. And I'm, I'm grateful they did. I'd rather they drop it than continue to ruin it. I I think like back when I back when I was younger, like games were were smaller, but they were more intimate in how they were built. Their story that it was smaller, so they could care more about the finer details. But it's kind of when it comes to, like, even with, with movies and new tech, it's always the biggest, the newest, and the flashiest thing. So everyone focuses on on the features. And for so many years of the games industry, it's been new graphics, like a better 3D engine, this, that. And we lost the sort of humanity that was inside of games. But then certain companies started to bring it back. And then they started realizing, like, wait, this is an art medium. So let's actually use it. Like, you have games like... Uh, like Bioshock was an amazing narrative yep. game. Last of Us, uh, Last of Us Two, um, like anything from Naughty Dog has been an amazing story game. And it's really when Last of Us and God of War came out, the industry had a big shift towards right. Okay, we don't have to spend all this money to make the biggest thing possible. We can invest and build something small but meaningful that people will love. Right. So. Yeah, it depends on the game. I, I think sometimes, yeah, games go too big. Um, and this is why I'm interested to play Starfield, because Starfield could be one that went too big. It could, it might have gone, it might be overscoped massively with absolutely nothing to do, and because of that, it ruins the experience. Whereas if it was more like, um, not the Outer Wilds, but the, the Outer Worlds, you know, that's a, a smaller pond 
to swim in, but it's quite deep. Definitely. That's another one on my list of like wanted to play, never got a chance to. Is Outer Worlds. That's another one. There's so many. Oh my god. There's a lot. There's a lot, man. And I mean, I'm excited for I'm excited for Starfield. I think that um I'm excited to be playing it day one for sure. Um and we'll have to see, you know, how how it performs. We're hearing good things, but um I don't expect it to change my life. I do think that player expectations and hype around video games is higher than it's ever been. And it's sometimes a bad thing. Um how, you know, people were literally sending in death threats uh, to cyberpunk um for, for delaying the game they were uh you know threatening this or that or the other and you know people like going psych psychotic you know saying i'm taking a month off to play this game and uh you know some people were expecting it to change their life when at the end of the day it's like i'm just looking for a fun time you know a, a good story and a fun time and if it can give me that then you know i'm sold and I'm not expecting Starfield to change my life. I'm just expecting a fun time. And I think yeah, that if you go into games, new. yeah, and I think if you go into games expecting that, I think you're you're generally going to be pretty happy. And the thing is, is some games do change your life. Like again, like Outer Wilds for me. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of games that really uh, PUBG was one of those games for me. It really changed. It literally changed my life. I would still be a MacBook disgusting a MacBook user. Probably still working in film if it wasn't like literally, I think PUBG inspired me to become a streamer, really, because I love the game so much that I started more than I was in the past uh, watching people stream on Twitch. And before that, I was I was, um, you know, I'd watch casually, um, you know, maybe like Destiny raid content, people world first racing to that. Uh, I'd, you know, I'd watch Summit 1G back in the day. Um, but for me, it was like, that was a pivotal moment for me. Um, but it wasn't because of the game. It was because of, uh, I think the experience that I got from it. Right. Um, and so I think that, um, I think that sometimes people just get ahead of themselves a little bit and they get a little too excited and then they get disappointed because nothing could ever meet their expectations. And isn't it like, isn't that the best when you're not expecting a game to be great? And you don't have yep. high for it, and then it's fucking amazing. That's that's what we talked about better. last week with that game maze with with Anna. Sure, right? Absolutely. She played it this week too. I it, I know it took her more than one stream, so I don't know what happened there because it it took me like four hours to beat. So I'm not sure where what she got stuck on, but the um that was like one of those games for me. Like you just went in and was like, look at this stupid thing. Uh, it shouldn't take too long. This will be goofy and fun. I feel like I need to play like it. Really great. I feel like I need I to play know. it. It's it's super goofy and it's fun. But I want to like, I want to just... start. I I kind of want to copy Anna's idea a little bit and like one day a week just play like a goofy random game, and yeah. it just it's not even for variety purposes, just to like have fun. You know, you know what I plan on playing today? Just Age of Empires four. But I yeah. ran into like some problems with SC, and then I uh like Gamescom came on, and I was like, oh, we'll watch all the trailers and the demos and and what's yeah. going on, and I got kind of distracted by that, but. Yeah, just want to play. I just want to play everything right now. That's yeah. I've never, I've never reached like out this much as streamer, whatever. I I just want to play everything. I you feel like I've missed everything. You know what's so funny is like I'm the opposite. I just have never wanted to play Star Citizen more than right now. Like, and I it, also play Star Citizen more than I ever have right now. Yeah, but at this, it's I'm just in this like weird mood of. I feel like I've missed if, out. 
if this patch was stable, I am convinced it would have been the best patch of all time. Like it's, it's such a good patch, like content and like, um, you know, choice wise, the tools are all there, but it just, the stability is not right. And what the do player... you think, Elliot? No, just kidding. What do you think, Elliot? Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it no. is stable. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It works. It works on their servers. Um, no, no, sorry to get back into SE, but, um, it's, it's just, it's funny, man. Cause like, I think that we're actually in a really good spot in gaming right now. Cause like, I think for the last like couple of years, there's just been kind of like a bit of a lull with like releases. Like, yes, like there have been like good, you know, parts at some points, but it's like, you would just expect with the gaming industry bigger than ever with more developers working on games than ever. You just expect like the gaming industry to feel fresh and new and interesting. But I think what almost is happening is like a bit of what you said earlier with like corporate greed and, um, you know, executive producers coming in and, you know, trying to like change things or push things too early or whatever. And that's what happened in the movie industry, right? We stopped getting new fresh content and we started getting repeats in the same story over again and sequels and prequels and how many times can we squeeze this idea for money? And I think that we are getting a bit of that in, in the gaming industry right now. Um, which is why I love when companies go out of their way to, um, either a love, let the developers do their thing cause they trust them or B they are not controlled by a, a producer. Right. Yeah. Um, people are super if you look at about, go ahead, go ahead. Ellie. <laughs> As you say, if you look at a lot of good like games that, have come out and beat expectations it's they don't have a publisher sometimes they're run by a developer who has left a company has his own money and has started up like like w one of the things that the, the industry struggles with is innovation and that's because of like publishers and and, and and the money flow and the money flowing having to be good like we don't have enough time to innovate on things because we're limited we need to put the base features in which is you know maybe you run around you kill people but then making some sort of cool twist on that takes time and they're oh we're uncertain what audience is gonna like it but when you have like kojima leaving his old studio and going and starting kojima scoot studios and then builds a game like death stranding that no that hasn't existed before because he was given the time to innovate. He was given the time to, to create on it. It's, it's the, you know, we're, we're going to have Assassin's Creed clones because they rake money in because there are certain players who just are more happy just to repeat the same sort of experience over and over again. It's, 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 it's a real difficult time because it's, it is like that. People just want to copy paste and get money. Any FIFA enjoyers out there? Exactly. Bro, <laughs> NHL won game like sports game of the year like ten years in a row, and they just they, it hasn't changed from from like two thousand eight. I think like well, how when do you I was, innovate on a sports game? It's hard to do. Uh, yeah, perfectly. Like um, two thousand and eight FIFA brought in uh, the the custom uh, FIFA Ultimate where you could build your own team with anyone. Like okay. that is a small innovation, but was crazy good to the point where they started to make it so you had they to pay for it, it. as DLC yeah. because it was that good. You know, even even a game like Farm Simulator, right? Oh, you just do farming. Having a le having a professional league out of it is a way to innovate on your content that already exists. Fair enough. There is, oh my God. There is yeah. loads of ways to do it. You just need to have the right people and enough time to have the idea. Dude, there is. We we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. There is. This is old news, by the way. 
there is farm sim esports and we watched farm sim esports today on my stream it's fucking sick it was so intense it was awesome i don't understand like what's... It, so All there right. was there was a combine harvester going through the field Right, that's one of their players. Then the other one you know was in the tractor works? pulling the, uh, the hopper. Then they had you to bale it works? into hay and put it on a, an escalator. Yeah. It was crazy. So wheat... Do I know how wheat works? Yeah. So wheat <laughs> is, is two different uh, consumables or whatever, right? So you have the, the wheat that turns into flour. Okay. But then you have the chaff that you bale into hay bales that you, like animals might eat or something, right? Okay. So you the combine turns all the wheat into se the seeds that you turn into flour but then it leaves all the chaff in the back and then you have this thing that's a baler and it turns it into bales and the whole game is that each bale is worth a certain amount of points but then there's all these different um you can get a multiplier on your bales based on the amount of wheat you deliver and mm. so it was just like there was so much uh strategy and the last, the championship game, the final game comes down. It is tied to eight, 581 to 581. And the, it, it like came down to a tiebreaker. It was wild. And they're just like throwing bales in. And I never would have thought it would have been that intense, but it was. No. It was That's sick. insane. Like hearing yeah. the commentary, like, so one of the commentators was like, was yeah, like they're Joe doing Rogan. about six, six bales per minute. And I'm like, I'd never think I'd hear that in my life. Six yeah. bales per minute as a as a competitive phrase. I don't Ladies know and gentlemen, start your tractors. Okay, Team <laughs> A is moving in. They've got an insane amount of wheat moving through the field Dude, at it, the moment. It wasn't even Team A. It was like Team John uh, Holland Deere. something. Yeah. No, sure, yeah. sure. I just they didn't know the team names. Up yeah, but no, they were like sponsored by like tractor oh companies and stuff. It was crazy. Team John and Deere you wouldn't, with like, a heavy lead. You're yeah. looking at them and you're like, you're just like a standard game. You probably go home and play like Halo Infinite. There was like... one guy that looked like a farmer. He was like way taller than everyone else. And he looked like the only thing he ate was corn. That's it. I love it. It's so yeah. good. Everybody else looked like, yeah, they were Call of Duty, Fortnite. You know, that's where they came up in. But it was, it was pretty funny. It was hilarious. And we were just having so much fun with it. And the crowd but, goes wild. <sighs> dude, I went to Gamescom in 2016. God. The most lit booth out of the entire event is the farm sim booth. Yelling, screaming, just noise ever farm sim. That is that was the most insane booth. And there were like huge releases in 2016. The, the guy it. who made the guy who made um oh my god. Well, I forgot his name. He made the the game where it was like a gun and it had a chainsaw at the end, and you were just slicing oh, people. Dude, you're talking about uh Gears of War. Yeah, but who? What's the guy's that made the name? The name of the guy that made it. Uh, it begins with B. Oh, it's just escaping me. But he went off and made a was making another game, and everybody was talking about this game. It it failed miserably. I don't remember the name of it either. But that was like huge booth. It was right next to the Star Citizen booth, and there were some other ones. And like you would have thought there would have been way more noise. And then in the back, the the farm sim booth is drowning out everything in our area it was wild it was so funny germans love their farm sim dude it's crazy stuff but dude. yeah i mean i'm excited armor core 6 comes out tomorrow comes out tonight i think does it but yeah i think so 
Yeah. Interesting. So I, I'm going to play that tomorrow. So that's like one like Gamescom thing that I'm going to play. Starfield. Not, not too many other things stuck out. I'm trying to think of anything else. Did anything else stick out to you, Elliot? Have you seen Hellboy Web of Weird? No. Oh my god. I I Looks don't know good. if you like Hellboy, but I like I have the uh, like Mike uh, Mike Mangoli's graphic novels for Hellboy. Um and they've made a game and Hellboy's vo- voiced by Lance Riddick before he passed and it looks amazing because they kept the art style of the comics. Um, oh, nice. Wow. And I'm so excited for that. City Skylines 2 is another one. That's cool. That I'm really hyped for. I don't know if it was at GamesCon, but a game that <laughs> I'll chime in a little bit, guys, since you wanted my <laughs> opinion. Uh, a game that I'm really excited for that maybe wasn't at GamesCon is uh, Helldivers. And someone turned me on to it. Apparently, the second one that's coming out is the first one came out. It's top down. This one's not. It's third person. And oh. what people are comparing it to is like a more in-depth but four-player version of Starship Troopers. And I don't know if you, you played that, Elliot. I, I think you did. Yeah. Um, we did. You, you, yeah. you asked me if I wanted to play it with you, and then you never played it again. <laughs> well, no, I did play it. I did play it. Just it's like it's sometimes tough when you lose momentum on games, you know, because I, and this is something we've talked about before on stream, but man, it's like, I, I like playing games day one or if there's hype around it or like the community loves it, we keep going. Yeah, yeah, but man, yeah. it's hard to play a game. Even if you have several hundred people watching you, it's hard to play a game and their chat's not moving. It's yep. tough. Yeah. It's yeah, super yeah, tough, man. Um, there's, there's this game. Uh, it's a Lord of the Rings game. It's going to be, it's a survival game that is like an eight-player co-op survival game oh, that you are a dwarf and you're coming back after Sauron is killed and you're going back to the mines of Moria and taking them over again and becoming like what you're supposed to be. And I look at that and I go, that I love survival games. I'm like, I'm like looking at this like this is gonna be great. And what Burke said is like it sucks when you lose momentum. So the first thing i think of is that game's gonna lose momentum so fucking fast there's no way i'm gonna even think about playing it and that i i hate streaming that's when i hate streaming is that's what streaming takes away from you as a gamer and it sucks man dude being a like and we talked about this off the podcast but being a a day one two and three streamer for like games i don't think it's a bad thing you know no i don't think it's a bad thing i hate losing momentum It, it bums me out Sure. And then because then you get bummed out by a game that's actually fun. And then I can we can let Elliot chime in here as a developer. Like that's gotta feel like shit well, too. Like how streaming may have affected the oh the gaming guys, industry in that way. You guys can kill our game so quickly. Like yeah. but if you, you can make it or you can break it. Exactly. It's, it's like it, it, if if you build an indie game and Asmongold plays it and he says it's shit, that's forty thousand people who would have played your yep. game now going, no, I'm not even going to try it. Yep. And it kills it survivors. so quickly. Exactly. And, and that game's massive. Yep. And all that game, that, that, while it's a good game, that game plays off of the, your psychological need to win, which is numbers, right? The bigger yep. the number, the happier you guys are. It's, it, they teach us that in college, is how to mess with your dopamine levels to ensure we retain your focus on our game. Like, that's exactly what up, that game but... is. Yeah, well, it's a yeah. part of the psychology of game, right? We're taught 
if we keep allowing you to win something, you'll get bored because you, in your brain, you are like, and this is kind of design talk, but your brain has uh, dopamine uh, receivers. And when you're winning at a game, they send dopamine, but your brain can have too much. So what it does is it starts shutting down receivers and that's when you become bored and stop engaging with something mm. because you're getting bored of it. So what we are taught to do is to make things not win, uh, to make things hard for you so that your dopamine doesn't keep overflowing and you get bored. And some games do this really cheekily. Candy Crush makes levels that are literally impossible for you to complete so that your dopamine resets so that you can keep playing. It's why it's one of the most addicting games out there is because mm. they have that thing to mess with your you psychologically. And it's, 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 it's the same thing across all games. It's just like, we've got to make you have fun. We've got to make you stay to the game. You know, yeah. it's, it's a difficult well, yeah, thing to do. You put so much time into it, you want people to play it. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of the psychology that, that like gambling has, honestly, almost a little yep. bit, right? Is like... Sort of. I mean, well, imagine if you walked in a casino. And, well, I mean, this would be dumb, right? But like, imagine if you just won everything all the time yeah you'd probably yeah. stop it's gambling yeah you wouldn't have I'm, fun I, like when people are blaming me and like getting super mad sometimes i would say that i'd be like it wouldn't be fun if you won every hand chill out man like, yeah it's gonna be yeah. okay but the the uh oh i knew she was gonna do it the um the thing about games though that are different than gambling i think is you're not you don't know what's at the end like they're always looking for the jackpot absolutely gamblers, right like i know i'm gonna get the royal flush come on royal flush it's gonna change my life and it's like no it's not idiot you're just gonna come here and lose it all back <laughs> where gaming it's like at least they have fun with it like gamblers are just no for sure for sure no, no no and i agree and i think there's a lot of psychology that's deeper than what i said that's connected yeah. to like real money and like you know being irresponsible like on if i lose all my you know Star Alpha Citizen, UEC. Alpha UEC. Yeah. I was gonna say Star Citizen bucks. Eh, it doesn't matter. Well, you know, it's just I'll, I'll just go earn them back, right? But also, it's like that's why gambling wouldn't be fun in a video game, right? Like to certain people is because there's yeah. no real risk to it, right? Or there's no. But if you win ten million AUC, who cares, right? Um, like literally yesterday is I, um stumbled upon another streamer i don't know if you know him his name is arc vr and he was yeah. holding down a bunker um under a like a, a alternate id and so i didn't recognize him and uh he's like anyone who can make it into the server room gets 10 million auec and immediately i'm not interested in the money like i don't care because money is like so meaningless in the game at the moment so um, i do the task i want to do the task and man oh my god so much fun like honestly i i had a freaking blast because i get there and it's bigger than i could have ever expected they've got probably no joke elliot it was insane like uh, i um there was probably 15 ground vehicles on the ground centurions ballistas tanks rolling around they had another 10 people on the ground rolling around with like guns and stuff looking for people who are trying to infiltrate this bunker they've you know got a couple of ships in the air not too many um, and then they have people camping the elevator. Uh, it was insane. And so, you know, we're, we're like slowly, um, inching our way forward. We're crawling in and at the right moment and a two starts dropping bombs and we're like, this is it. This is our distraction. We run in, um, and we, you know, and we ended up getting into the server room. Um, 
it, it, but people have been trying for hours and nobody could do it, right? But if literally the first person who tried to get to the server room did it, everyone would be like, this is fucking lame, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's because nobody was able to do it for so long that it, it seems so impossible. I mean, they did a great job locking it down. Um, it, it seems so impossible that made it so much fun. You know, the money Morph was a non-issue. Right. Morph was right. What? <laughs> the A2, it ruined everything. No, would have never no, no. If it wasn't Dude, for the they A2. shot down the bombs. It was just a distraction. No, no, I know. No, I know, I know. But it's like, because if the A2 bomb would have hit, I would have died too. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, uh, <laughs> I just, I love moments like that where it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's like, it's not just because I won, but it was because the task was so daunting. I wanted to try, you know? And that's not for everyone. I know it's not for everyone. I've even said, Elliot, like, I would love one day if there were servers that were like Iron Man servers that um, you die, you lose everything. You get reset. Oh, boom. And right, when you yeah, spawn yeah. in, you roll, boom, you have a new name. John Smith, he's got 15,000 AUEC. His starter ship is the cutter. And go, you know? You have this reputation, minimal reputation. I love that stuff, but that's not for everyone. And I understand that. I just love the idea of challenging yourself in a way that feels very meaningful, you know, very yeah. risky. Um, and um, it's probably never going to happen, but uh, it's why I do the hardcore challenge, why I had so much fun with it. Because this idea that um, it's like pushing yourself and the content to the limits is so much fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they had the hardcore runs themselves. And I, like, I remember watching you, Mike, do them. Uh, I, I, I've seen some of yours as well, Burke, and it's 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 a really cool thing because it also helps to remind us that it's like, right, don't forget, people sometimes play without a ship, so not everything, like, you know, you need to use a service beacon to get here, and it's stuff like, I'm doing a hauling mission, you you might not have the the right ship to take all of this cargo from A to B, but that's fine, because you can do multiple trips in your ship or you can hire your friends to bring it bring some of it for you and it's like the the hardcore playthroughs are a reminder that it's like oh yeah well don't forget not everyone has a ship and not everyone wants to play in a ship like some people hate flying some people just yeah. want to do the fps stuff dude one of one of the biggest i mean I, i'm sure you know him. one of the biggest streamers on twitch summit 1g is literally yep. like he says he can't wait to play star citizen super excited for it he just doesn't want to be flying a ship all around all the time. He doesn't really even want to fly at all. But nope. that, in what most people think of Star Citizen, that's what they think of. They're like, that's the yeah, game. Spaceship. Ships. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only half of it. You know, it's not it even, is. It's yeah. It. It's a small part. It's a vehicle. I say it gets you from A to B and using some missions and, and other missions you don't have to. You don't even have to engage with it. Yeah. But it, speaking of Summit, that's how I actually found your brother. I was so confused. I was watching, because I, I played Tarkov, I started watching Summit play Tarkov, and then he wasn't streaming, so I was like, eh, you know what, I'm just going to like have a look for another streamer. I'm scrolling through, and I'm like, is that Burks? And I click on it, <laughs> and I'm like, has he changed his name? And I'm like staring, and then I'm like, that's not Burks' voice. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> and I, I, I like came to your chat the next day, and I was going to type, craziest thing happened, some guy looks identical to you. And as I was typing it, someone mentioned Jay, and you started to talk about him, and that was it. The oh, yeah, my twin brother. 
I was Dude, like, oh my, my favorite thing God. to do now is people will come in and they'll be like, bro, do you have a brother? I found this guy who just looks just like you. I'm like, who? Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, is he a streamer? And they're like, oh yeah, here's his link and I'll click on him. And I'll be like, guys, does this guy look like me? Like, he sounds nothing <laughs> like me. And, you know, a lot of people will be like, yes, no, yes, no. And I'm like, <laughs> then I'll like drop the bomb. I'll be like, dudes, this, this guy's my twin brother. And they're like, no way. But it, it's funny because it's just like, it happens like weekly now. Um, but it, it, it's crazy to think like how, how difficult streaming is to start getting a big following and you and your twin have both managed to do it. That's, that's in completely that's different insane. categories as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not like you're boosting each other up or anything. It's you both just naturally progressed. It's crazy. It's yeah, it is really crazy. You know, we live together. You know, we pay all of our bills uh, with with streaming and content creation. It's it's fun. It's it's awesome. Honestly, um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't ask for a better setup. Honestly, um, but I don't know. I I love it. I feel like I'm living my dream, and it seems like you are as well. You know? Oh yeah, I love what I do. It's cool. I, you know, it's it. I I've I. You get poked every day being a danger because they're so sought after and people who are in it you get poked every day. And it's always just the project that keeps me here. I love what I like. It's my family Same. are always like, yeah, my, my brothers do manual labor and they're always like, oh, it's such a hard day. How was your daily? And I'm like smiling. I'm happy as anything. I'm like, yeah, it was easy. Like it was a breeze. Like it, it flew by and it gets to the point where I know not talk to Mike about it, but I, I day after work for so long or i remote into work like christmas eve i've remoted into work to fix a bug with korea while telling laz don't you dare turn your computer on and remote into work um i know like, that feeling man from working from working in film i know that feeling yeah like, yeah i was that guy it's an addiction yeah i was that guy like staying up until 4 a.m sleeping at the office because it wasn't up to my personal standards you know, hundred yep. percent, like completely removing someone off of a project or sneakily removing them off of a project being like, Oh, I'll edit the rest of it. Don't worry. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I wanted to make sure it was up to my quality, which honestly is a big problem for me. Like, I don't even watch yep. my YouTube videos that my editor does because I, I don't want, I can't because I will try to make decisions that will, um, it will cause me to intervene in ways that I, I shouldn't, I don't need to. So I've like given him complete creative control. It's hard for me though. You know, it's, yeah. it's tough. Um, but dude, let me, let me ask you this question. And then, uh, Mike, unless you have anything else, we'll, we'll let you go. Um, what is your, as a developer and as a creative, like, and this is, you know, not supposed to be like, you want to quit working at CIG or anything. But if you had the opportunity, what would be like your, it, it could be a game that doesn't exist, by the way. I'm not saying you got to go work at a game developing studio. What would be like your dream game to work on or make, right? Oh my God. Um, I, that's a difficult question. There's, there's so, so many games and so many companies that I, I'd, I'd love to work at because they make amazing games, but it's, it's kind of like that thing of don't meet your heroes. If I went to work for them, I wouldn't be able to play their games because sure. <laughs> I, I've spent so much time on it, building it. Um, I don't know. I, I'd like to, I'd like to learn more. Definitely. I don't think I'd want to make my own game yet. I'd want to learn from more people. So I'd mm. like to like, 
learn under people like uh, Warren Spector, uh, Kojima, um, they, they uh, like tons of developers. I can't think of all the names right now on the spot, but there's tons of people I'd love yeah. to work under. But I'd I'd love to build a project that is like small but incredibly deep. Like Disco Elysium isn't a big isn't a big size game, but it's incredibly complex and rewarding in how it's built. I'd love to do something like that. But for the time being, you know, even though I'm nearly nearly thirty, which I don't like saying. I still feel like I have so much to learn. Shut up. Bro, listen, dude. I mean... Shut up. Did you remember how you felt when you was at my age and it was like coming on 30? Like, it feels like yeah. yesterday I was 18 yes. in university. Yes, I remember what it was like to feel 26 and I would, <laughs> I would never say I'm almost 30. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I'm almost 30. I'm 29. I think it's the whole thing of like, you know, the comparison is a thief of joy where I'm trying to constantly... Like, I want to be a creative director one day. That is my ultimate goal. So I'm trying to get there. And it's always like, I'm running out of time to get there. Where, I, like, you know, if I, if I sit back and think about it, I'm probably not running out of time, you know? It, it probably took Todd till he was 40 to get to creative director. But I'm trying to get there as quickly as possible because I feel like if I don't, I'm going to be, like, 60 and still not have it. Um, mm. So it's a difficult, it's a difficult one. Um yeah yeah man that's interesting um uh, yeah it's i totally get what you're saying because i ended up having to leave the creative industry because i hated working for the people that i was working for um fulfilling someone else's vision i wanted to do yeah i loved film but i i hated the process you know kind of don't meet your heroes uh kind of moment for me was realizing that the industry wasn't what i thought it was you know, it's no, not always yeah. making the super cool flashy stuff. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's doing stuff that you don't like just to pay your bills. And um, at the end of the day, you know, I had to, I had to leave. So man, I'm, I'm super happy that you're in an industry where you feel like you can, you know, stay planted and um, kind of grow in your craft. Right. Um, and man, uh, whether Star Citizen is a, a forever future for you or, uh, you know, maybe you end up somewhere else, dude. I'm sure whatever dev studio you work at are going to be super glad to have you because you're super talented. Um, and um, man, I I, uh, I I look forward to to seeing what you work on, both in the game that we play right now and uh, whatever you work in the future, man. Um, and maybe one day you'll be making a video and going, oh shit, this was made by Elliot Mulvey. I know that guy. <laughs> I know that guy. Exactly. Like, I've got him yeah. on Discord. Like, oh shit. Because... Ultimately, that's that's where I want to be one day. I want to have my own game, and I want people to enjoy it. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. you could say the same about any game dev, right? So yep. that's sick, dude. It, it seems like you're in the right place. Well, anyways, dude, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we really Anytime. appreciate you. Mike, you got anything else? No, other than uh, congratulations, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know what? Uh, no, got that. There's a meme in my chat. We, we just decided, because Elliot's always around, we decided we were going to congratulate him on and just he wouldn't know what he was being congratulated for and it's we we named him the worst developer at star citizen two years running so we we <laughs> congratulated him and he had no idea for a while and then some i think lars or somebody else that he works with leaked, leaked it was all the fun we were having it was uh i think it was someone in an scl um 
someone had put in there, you're on your way to being the third time worst. Yeah. And I like I saw that message. I was like, that's what they're congratulating me on. Yeah. My God. But yep. it used to honestly we're spoiled. You used to start that, right? And then I'd see in the office people around me just stand up, look at me, and just start clapping <laughs> at me. Like Max is he's like right in front of me and he'd just raise up clapping. Well, he's me. next. So he shouldn't uh, be clapping. Thank he's God. Next. The guy built prison. Come on, guys. Hold on a second, yeah. Mike. Uh, do we need to have a contest for who's gonna be the worst creator? Of the year? Is it me or you? Oh, it, we all know who it is. <laughs> the the guy who told me he slept with my mum, yeah. It's me. <laughs> uh, no, oh, man. no, Mike so didn't tell me. But... Just go to the YouTube comments uh, and, and let us know who the, who the worst creator who's the, is. Who's the worst creator? No, actually, we can't say this because people are going to start naming off real names. <laughs> no, no, between just you and me. Oh, between you and me. Um, okay, yeah, between yeah, you, yeah. me and Mike, who has your vote? For worst creator of Star Citizen <laughs> for 2023. Um, yo, thank you guys so much for watching. If you're still listening, we freaking appreciate you. Uh, I think the podcast has been going, what? I was uh, pointing at the worst creator. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was like, do we lose him again? But yeah. yeah, we appreciate your compliments. We appreciate your comments and your positive energy towards the podcast. It's It's been overwhelming. So uh, again, if you're still listening and you're not subscribed, please consider hitting the subscribe button. We're so close uh, to a thousand subscribers. And after that, uh, you know, we get monetization, but also more importantly is YouTube prioritizes the videos better when they are monetized. So that's the big thing. Yep. Um, yep. So we're looking for discoverability and you guys are helping tremendously with that. So yep. thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you next week. Uh, this was the Desync podcast and we'll see you next time.